Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Morning all. Um, who's going to talk to Biden first? Well, apparently Michal Martin got in ahead of uh, Boris Johnson and the Red Tops this morning say they had a very warm, happy old conversation. Uh, talk to Joe is the front page from this morning's uh, star. Well, the uh, Mirror and the other Red Tops talk Irish Joe. Martin and President-elect in a warm chat. The family line traced by dad to County Wexford. So we got Wexford, Louth and Mayo now in the reckonings. But he will, at some stage, talk to Boris Johnson. I'm not so sure that um, Biden is a big fan of Boris Johnson, to be honest with you. But uh, the English Times this morning kind of drums up this special relationship. I mean, we all claim to have special relationships with American presidents, don't we? Uh, on, on a serious note, though, all sorts of um controversy and chaos here at home. Um, the issue regarding uh, Judge Wolf, uh, Chief Justice Frank Clark advising him that he needs to resign. Judge Seamus Wolf saying he won't. And now apparently the Dahl and the Shannon have to line up together in agreement to have him removed from office. I'm told that some ministers and TDs aren't all that happy with that. In fact, one or two columnists this morning in the papers are feeling uh, a little bit of sympathy uh, for Seamus Wolf, but Bjorn Martin is calling all the leaders of the Dáil together now to discuss it. And wouldn't it be the very first time that a judge was actually removed from office? So the Mirror talks of that this morning when they say Taoiseach demands emergency summit over the Wolf crisis. Uh, the judiciary won't recover from this, they're saying, unless Justice Wolf resigns or is removed from office. Meanwhile, a fellow who didn't resign or who wasn't removed from office and survived a confidence mo- motion in the Dáil in spite of more allegations made by Village Magazine about the amount of times that he met uh, Matthew O'Toole. He, uh, of course, that's Leo Faradkar. He uh, survived a motion of no confidence, but it must have been tough for him to stand up again and to apologise yet again to the Dolls. So that rolls on. At the same time, there are allegations in the papers that 600,000 flu jabs have gone missing. How in the name of God will they be able to roll out a COVID-19 vaccine if they can't roll out the flu vaccine, which happens year in, year out, properly and efficiently. Um, 600,000 of them have now gone missing. There are 1.3 million doses given out, but they can only account for 700,000 of them being distributed to GPs and hospitals. Mother of God, it's a front pager in the Independent this morning. And lots more than uh, despite uh, involving numbers, but this is financial where RTE have had to come clean now with the amount of money they're in the hole for. Uh, They've now told the government that in 2020, RTE forecasts to have a deficit that they will be in the hole in debt to the tune of in 2020 of 36 million euro. Lots of issues then regarding um, whether people will be able to come home for Christmas. A lot of flights have been cancelled. Jumbo Karens in the mirror this morning says punters hoping to get home for Christmas have seen flights all over Europe cancelled. TUI have grounded all Lapland holidays over fear uh, of COVID-19. They said, you just really this year can't keep the magic alive. You can kind of understand that. But there will be changes with regards to people coming home from, say, America or Australia or Europe with regards to how long they will have to quarantine. And maybe we'll come back to that later on this morning uh, with Owen Corey from Travel Extra. But travel curb, curb, curbs will be eased because they will be changing the testing regime. And the Irish Times speaks up on that this morning. It has to do with you coming back into Ireland. And if you take a test after five days and it's negative, you can come out of 
quarantine, that kind of thing. Bit of a row going on in Leaside, um, city and county, as to when we should be turning on the Christmas lights. I think they're due to go on in a lot of places uh, tomorrow, and some people are doing the bah humbug on it, saying it's too early. I know what that feels like, because we ask the question here all the time. When is it time to put up the Christmas tree? And can we put it up earlier because of COVID? And then, when is the time when I should stop playing Christmas music on the air? And should we stop playing them earlier because of COVID, things like that? In the UK, pretty scary story of a children's nurse in a neonatal hospital in Chester, aged 30 years old, who's been suspected now of, uh, there's a big investigation in the UK, suspected of killing 17 babies. I mean, that's pretty heavy-duty stuff. It's a story that makes many of the British papers today. And unfortunately, uh, poor old Jonathan Rees-Myers is back in the papers again this morning. I hope that sooner or later he manages uh, to come out of the nightmare that he's living in with regards to a drink. He's been arrested for drink driving when he crashed his car in Malibu. He is such an incredible talent. It would be great if he could come through the other side at some stage and have a happy and contented uh, and successful life and career. But he's all over the papers this morning with really hurtful headlines in the red tops. It doesn't serve any purpose, the type of headlines that they print with regards to Jonathan Rees-Mars. He clearly uh, needs help. Sinead O'Connor, as well as cancel all our gigs for 2021. It's a brave move to go out and say, I'm cancelling my 2021 gigs, lads. I'm going into rehab for a year because I've had an awful six years and I need to put it behind me and sort myself out. So that's lovely. Lots of turkey-related stories making the papers this morning as to who you'll be having Christmas dinner with and the families and the festive season and how many people actually like turkey on the plate. Um, can be a dry old bird, can't it? You dry old bird. And then, of course, we have the reopening of Douglas Village Shopping Centre tomorrow. I'll have more on that throughout the morning because we've got the 100 euro uh, vouchers to give away as you walk your way out of lockdown. And, you know, it's good for your health. But you've got to wonder with regards to all of these multivitamins that are on the shelves of different supermarkets and chemists. How good are they for you, really? Uh, a study of 22,000 people found that there was no measurable clinical improvements at all between those who took supplements and those who did not. Makes you sit up and listen because they can be quite expensive. Your C and your D and your omegas and your fish oils and your garlic and your iron and your B12s and stuff like that. Worrying though, isn't it? The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Uh, I want to start the show because I don't want to run out of time later on this morning. And I just want to mark the uh, passing of a wonderful woman who I spoke to some years back on the program. That is Maura Hallinan, Ireland's oldest landlady. And in June of this year, she celebrated her 100th birthday in June and she died peacefully at home in the presence of her family uh, yesterday. She had the KLM bar on the lower Glanmar Road. Boy, I had a great conversation with her uh, some years back and if I managed to track down the audio of it, I'll broadcast a piece for, for, of it from you. But the KLM bar, uh, herself and her husband came back uh, to Cork some years back, I think maybe in the 1950s, if I remember her telling me correctly. And they were literally having a walk down the lower road and went in there for a drink. And before you know it, they ended up buying the pub. But uh, my understanding of it from her, from more at the time, was KLM is not named after the airline. It's actually named the, after the first letter of the Christian names of her children, KLM. Uh, and I see a beautiful, smiling photograph of the late Maura Hallinan uh, online overnight uh, with a medal. I'm not sure what the medal is. It could have been the medal that you'd get from the Taoiseach when you pass your 100th birthday and you get the old check. But I was away in June. But at the time, to mark her 100th birthday, 
Um, she had a chat with uh, Mick Mulcahy on air. There's about 60 seconds of it. She's a wonderful woman. 50 years in the KLM. When, when, when I think of KLM, I think of the Dutch national flag carrier, the Dutch airline. I know, I know they, came, they came and they inquired from us. Uh, the thought we were taking their names. What's the KLM stand for in, the, in your world? And my, it stands, my husband always said, my late husband always said, if I ever start the business, I'm going to call us after the girls. So I have four girls, Frances, Kathleen, Lydia and Mary. So we were trying to juggle the, all the four letters together. Oh, we couldn't get it right because we couldn't put the F in, in certain places. <laughs> <laughs> so we were juggling it around. So this is we came to the conclusion of the KLM. KLM. And, oh, it's fantastic. And that's how we came. And then Elingus came in the inquired office, you know, where we got the, the name. And they, they, they never said anything. And just, they said, they said, not one of their voters to us. <laughs> The airlines came calling, wondering, I mean, would you be bothered, like? I mean, like, why would you want to call a pub after an airline? I mean, it makes no sense. It was after the Christian names of three of her children. Wonderful woman uh, died peacefully at home in the presence of her beautiful family at the KLM bar on the lower Glanmire Road. Wonderful woman. I'm all the better for my conversation with her some years back, and she celebrated 100 years in June. May she rest in peace. Well, you know, you have uh, one passing and another rebirth. Um, and all this week we have 100 euro Tesco gift cards to give away. And the response has been phenomenal. Right? We got a thousand euro worth of gift cards in total to give away, courtesy of ourselves and Tesco, because Douglas Village Shopping Centre reopens Tamara after a long closure and a complete, I mean, to call it a refurb is an understatement, to be quite honest with you. So I am assuming that you guys are out there. I don't know whether you're getting much walking in yesterday or today. I mean, you want to be a right hardy docket to be getting out in this kind of weather. But whatever walks you're doing, take a screen grab of them from your phone or whatever uh, and WhatsApp a photograph of your distance walked WhatsApp 0868104106 and we'll be making another draw of another 100 euro Tesco gift card on this here show at around about 10 minutes to midday today. Meanwhile, with regards to the opening of the centre, Bartosz Mazala, who is the Douglas Village Douglas Village Shopping Centre Manager, joins me for a quick call. Bartosz, good morning. Good morning. Man. The big question I've been asked is what time tomorrow? So what's happening tomorrow, Tesco will open at 8 o'clock, Marks and Spencer then will open at 9, and uh, other retailers then that are allowed to open tomorrow will follow them from that on, you know, so there isn't a, a one kind of particular set time. So okay, but doors open from 8 and uh, businesses open then from 8 o'clock onwards. And right. how, just, just recapping, how long closed and what kind of work was done? Yeah, so it has been long, 15 months, and uh, there's been a lot of work done, so obviously everything had to start with dismantling the part of the building that was damaged, like in that in that section, was a lot of critical equipment for the running of the shopping center, including USB substations, sprinkler house, boiler house, all the kind of vital services, so obviously that, that had a big uh, timing implication, so then we had to, again, take down the car park, rebuild it again, repaint everything, rewire the whole shopping center, so because of the switch rooms gone, you had to rewire back into every single unit, even yeah. the ones that were not affected. Yeah. So, like, you know, a lot of work at the same and Clayton, time. And Clayton Love Jr. was telling me that um, a sprinkler system was installed as well. Correct, yeah. So, it's still not a requirement. However, it has been decided that... Uh, to put that in. We, we, yeah. yeah, to put that in in the complex. So, the complex now is fully sprinkler uh, as well as the 
all the retail within the shop. And is there any them. big change to the ground floor area, the retail area that people will see? Uh, yeah, so like basically we rebuilt the shopping center has been rebuilt the same as it was. The mall wasn't hasn't been affected as such, so it kind of looks the same. However, we have taken an opportunity to replace the floor. So there's a new floor, there's kind of, you know, new features in it as well. But uh, in principle, you see the same shape, the same layout of, of, of the mall and the shopping center because, you know, the, the job that we were doing was actually classed as a repair. We were just repairing the part of the building that was damaged because it was less than 12% of the, of the total footprint of the property. Okay, and of, of how many of the businesses will actually make a return and can reopen? I mean, I know TK Maxx will have to, uh, will, will, will open, will, will, are waiting apparently for restrictions to yes. ease. Uh, M&S will open, but not the clothing. <coughs> Maxis, you aren't coming back, is that it? Yeah, so we've lost Maxi too. We've 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 lost some of the of the fashion retailers who who some of them have kind of liquidated and uh, but um we lost post office unfortunately. But tomorrow, what we're going to have is you say we're going to have Tesco open. Uh, that's ground floor as well. They refurbished the store, so it's a it's a new new, new look of the of the shop. It, and it looks fabulous. Um, then Marks and Spencer, as you said, hopefully Bank of Ireland will open. We have then Eurogiant Air, Falby's Pharmacy has been trading at the whole time, really. They were able to, to reopen because they're facing up onto the street. We'll have uh, Pharmacy Plus Plus will also open tomorrow. Uh, Breslin Butchers will be open and we'll have Starbucks, Pacinos and O'Brien's trading for takeaway. And we have also carried on doing click and collect uh, from tomorrow as well. And then as the, um, as the government guidelines change, uh, hopefully on the 1st of December, we'll have the second phase of the opening and we have a um, number of tenants who are preparing at the moment for that as well, which would be like sort of, you know, Douglas Fashion Lingerie or, or, or a kind of home front, CX, Trespass. Um, there's a, you know, plenty more to name books. So there's a lot of excitement ready. with regards. Is the library reopening or did it close? Yeah, it the library will reopen on the, on the, second, on the second week of December. So again, there's a refurbishment going on there as well. Uh, so the second week of December, that's the day we have at the moment. Then he's gym already. There's, um, you know, um, there's a number of other shops down as well, like on site. Imagine the gym won't open anytime soon, though, under current guidelines. I say, you know, it only depends what the, what the guidelines is. At the same okay, time, but, but interest from some new tenants as well, which is, which is very positive and encouraging. You know? Oh, so you have interest from new tenants to take the vacated tenants Yes, places correct, yeah. correct. so a lot of excitement then because that ultimately means an awful lot of people are going back to work for the first time in a long time tomorrow yes correct correct and you know I, I must say like the atmosphere in the shopping centre this morning is absolutely fabulous you know I mean you know the tenants are, are putting final, final finishes on their, on their units you know some of them you know, we, we, you know, obviously Douglas is, as you know, it's a very strong community. We are like, you know, one one kind of big family, really. And uh, like, we're so so thrilled that the day has finally come. And tomorrow, finally, like, we'll be, you know, we'll, I'm delighted for our tenants to be able to open. I'm just delighted. We are all delighted. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll be able to welcome our customers back. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's a huge thing for us tomorrow. The, the only yeah. issue that I see here in my conversation with you is I yeah. think you said that the post office won't reopen. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because that's an, an issue for people, particularly the elderly, right? Yeah, well... You know, post office is still in Douglas. You know, it's 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 across the it's across the street from us. It's on Douglas Court. So you know, the way everything happened, you know, they they decided 
they've decided was the better option for oh, them I to see. move in. You know, oh, I see. There is one, do, yeah. But uh, we, yeah. we, we just have to move on. Oh, I'm sorry. I actually I actually thought that um, that people would instead have to go to Super Value on the Sky Hard Road, but that isn't the case. It's not too far away. No, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not too far away. And, you know, it's still close enough. It's still, you know, close enough to the centre of Douglas. So, I mean, as, as much as... It, it's a bit of a negative for us. It's, it's a positive for, for the community. Here. And it's good to hear as well that there are queries as well from prospective tenants to take on the yeah, units is, that are closed. There is, and, 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 and hopefully they will, they will transfer into something more, more kind of, you know, concrete quite soon as well. You know, there's good quite stuff. A few of the new tenants that want to be open really quickly. Well. Good stuff, good stuff. And um, any sign of Santa Claus coming? <clears throat> well, we haven't figured out the details of that yet, but I mean, it, 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 it's kind of, We've looked at a number of options as challenging. So whether we have Santa able to interact with customers as much as we had it every other year, probably not. But we, you know, he will certainly visit at some point. You know. <laughs> if you can come up with a way of doing it, it would be greatly appreciated, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, we've looked at Zoom, we've looked at a number of other things, but I mean, it's just at the moment, you know, maybe when we move into the next level, there might be some other routes that will, that will kind of open. But for now, look, it's still a good, it's still a couple of weeks. Before, before Christmas, you know. So okay, it's been, it's been a long run and fair play to you and all yeah, concerned. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, low-key low celebrations in the morning then because of current yeah. guidelines and what have you, but on nonetheless. Well, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, low-key celebrations, yes, but, uh, you know, uh, big anticipation at the same time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, yeah. and, a, and a huge expectation from people just to kind of, you know, be back and, and, and kind of return to, for a lot of people, you know, I'm not just saying that, but from what we've been told for the last 15 months for a lot of people in the community and across proximity. This is their favorite shopping center, you know, not we can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> you would say that. I think it's great yeah. for the businesses and the employees and after yeah, that, absolutely. the, cost, the customers. So it's a great news absolutely. story. Yeah. We need to accentuate the positive. No. Best of luck tomorrow, pal. Thanks for taking the call. Good luck with Thank it. Thank you very much. Anytime, and look, looking forward to seeing you. You and, better believe and, it. And, and all of the customers and look... If, if I just want to take an opportunity to thank everybody in the community for the support and, and all the people involved in the project at any stage, all of our tenants, all the customers, everyone. Like, thank you very much again for your patience and, and you know, welcome back tomorrow. You got it, brother. You got it. Good luck. Eight o'clock tomorrow morning, Douglas Village Shopping Centre reopens. Thank you, Bartos. I'll let you get back to the final preparation. See a lot of trucks and vans over the past week or so all lining up to get in. They're all bringing stock in. So it's a good news story all round. Bring it on. Bit of celebration for a change. Lines open at one 104 106 You can text 0868 104 Now, um, do you see, where did I put that damn thing? Have I got it in here somewhere? I think I have. Do you see that m- new movie that everybody's talking about? I don't want the opportunity to pass without mentioning it. Because I also drilled in this morning to the worst Irish accents in Hollywood movies of all time. The Time is being the operative word here. There's a new movie out now very soon called Wild Mountain Time. Um, as in the song. Emily Blunt is in it. Jamie Dornan is in it. He plays a farmer struggling to find love. The trailer is out now, but it has been absolutely slammed. Why? Because of the Irish accents or the attempts at Irish accents. Emily Blunt, Jamie Dornan, who probably should know better, Christopher Walken. And it all has to do with farming, land and romance. It's kind of like um, a, a modern day version-y thing of, of the field. But the accents are absolutely appalling. Um, ha- have a listen because we have a, a selection of them for you from the trailer. 
can't, Norm. I don't care. You take after John Kelly, and that man was mad as the full moon. Drowned himself. He fell in. He had a rock tied to his neck. Rosemary, we're known to each other quite a while now. Would you marry me? <laughs> Are you going to leave the farm to Anthony? I don't see a clear path. From where to where? From me to you. My cousin is coming. Really? It's the finest car I've ever seen. You're not from the farm to an American. Waiting for that one. What are you waiting for? Me, I don't wait. I do like that. Mother of God Almighty. And I love the fiddle, I do, but I think it even accentuates how bad it is in that situation. Do you know what I think? I think when they're making movies now and they need American accents, what the directors and the producers tell the actors and actresses is, you have to do an Irish accent, so if you want to know how to do an Irish accent, you need to go and look at some of the movies in the past. Like, a good place to look would be Far and Away, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. That's how to do the Irish accent. So, the, the crime is perpetuated by all of the movies that went before. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Far and Away. Leo DiCaprio in Martin Scorsese's Gangs of New York. Julia Roberts in Mary Riley. Michael J. Fox and his effort in Back to the Future 2. Sean Connery in The Untouchables. Brad Pitt in Snatch. Um, Pierce Bras- Brosnan, an actual Irishman, um, and his atrocious Ulster accent in the film Tiffin. And of course, I hope it isn't happening, but maybe all of the actors these days are going back to see how to do an Irish accent by listening and watching Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Uh, but it's there for you to check out yourself. There's a two and a half minute uh, promo for the movie, which we've put up online on our on our Twitter page. But it gets hammered on Twitter itself. Um, I'm only managing about 10 seconds of the Wild Mountain Time trailer uh, and my thoughts and pr- <laughs> and my thoughts and prayers are with actual Irish people at this difficult time. <laughs> that sums it up for me. But anyway, pass it on to you for what it's worth. I suppose all this talk now will mean that uh, everybody will want to go and watch Wild Mountain Time when it comes out. Don't get me wrong. Ryan's Daughter was a super movie. Quiet Man was a good movie. Um, and, uh, you know, this could well be a good movie if you can get past the awful, atrocious uh, Irish accents. Lines open at one 106 You can text 0868-104-106. And I mentioned earlier on uh, flights. They call it the flight mare before Christmas. It's a Jumbo Karen story making the mirror this morning. All sorts of flights cancelled. Lapland holidays cancelled. Can't go and see Santa Claus. Uh, and on top of all of that, changes to uh, restrictions when people come home for Christmas to Ireland. This is all to do with EU legislation and what have you. A man who's in big demand with media this morning is Owen Corey from Travel Extra and he joins me by phone. Owen, good morning. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> oh, for yeah. God's sake. Don't give me a break. <laughs> Top of the morning, Bigara. <laughs> I, I, I do nominate Tom Cruise. I think uh, he does stand out for that terrific far and away accent. Oh my God. She's as bad as him in all fairness. They actually got paid for that. But on, on a serious note, though, uh, what, what's this change now with regards to orange and red list countries and Irish people coming back for Christmas and not, no longer two weeks and five days instead? What's it all about? 14 becomes 5. If you have a 14 day, you're facing a 14 day quarantine coming in from a red list country, which basically is all of Europe, and it also applies to non European countries like America. Instead of the 14 day quarantine, you can do 5, but you have to do a test, uh, produce the results of a test, and that means you're free to move after 5 days. 
Now, it's expensive. It costs between 80 and 180 euros for the PCR test. But it is significant because uh, business has really business communities, contracts to be signed, machines to be serviced, all of those sort of things that weren't happening since March because we basically opted out of European travel. They're all now back in play. Okay, and you say there will be a charge that the punter pays anything between no, eighty and one hundred. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So a and system whereby people here. were just tested at airports, where you take an automatic, quick ten-minute test. That doesn't exist, does it? No. Well, the, the, one of the things that's emerged from overnight from the late uh, release by the government yesterday is uh, basically bringing an end to, to that debate about the quick turnaround, the lamp test, the antigen test. There are about eleven of them. There's lots of people in shiny suits trying to sell them at the moment. The uh, medical community aren't very confident about them. And what the government said last night is they're going to stay well away from the antigen test debate. They're going to stick to PCR testing. There is a separate development where uh, PCR tests would be available in Cork Airport and in Shannon Airport. And uh, they're planning uh, the, the Dublin Airport where it's supposed to apply for planning permission for it. That's been waived. That's for outbound. Uh, I don't see any uptake in that, Neil, because what's the point of turning up in an airport, uh, getting tested, and then finding you can't fly? People really know, need to know that uh, well in advance. And it also is important because um, it, it, you know, there are contagion implications of people arriving, testing positive in, a, in an airport environment. Uh, it's been introduced as part of this, but I don't see it as significant as the whole inbound element, which is your 14-day quarantine, no matter where you're coming from. It could be the reddest country in the world. If you get a, a, a test showing you're clear after five days, you're not uh, forced to self-isolate. Okay. That could be significant for Christmas for people coming to see family. Does, do you think that would make a difference then to people, say, in America or Canada, the UK, Europe, Australia, places like that, who are contemplating coming home to family for Christmas? Do you think they will now? It could. Um, it's more significant for the business community. There's also a, um, a family, another strong family element in the traffic light system. That is that um, the European Union has decided that has defined imperative family reasons. That's the phrase they use, Neil. Uh, that means that they, that that would count as essential travel, and that includes things like visiting a very sick relative or a wedding or a funeral. They're the sort of uh, family events and family crises that have suffered heavily in mm. the disconnection to people being unable to come in and go and do the self-quarantine and that's an important uh, it's an important exemption which the Irish it's in the Irish documentation but it's not absolutely clear. What do you mean exemption uh, though? How is it an exemption? It means that, okay, it means that there, it's not absolutely clear that the quarantine doesn't still apply for that, but it does count. It is being regarded as essential travel rather than um, optional travel or discretionary travel. Now, what we got to remember in all of this is that the 14-day quarantine, which we've been talking about for a long, long time, isn't legally enforceable. And it's very interesting that most of the news websites uh, put it in as a requirement, but the uh, actual DFD Department of Transport website calls it a request. People are requested to quarantine or self-isolate. And And is there any evidence of people, it would be impossible to say, I'd say, uh, of people who aren't quarantining, coming into the country, going on holidays, coming back, stuff like that, and, and not quarantining? Anecdotally, there might be a few, but a few. generally people like to do the right thing. And the way, 
the way this is policed is not by Gardaí in uniform, but by people with mobile phones. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there hasn't been the sort of Twitter storm that we've seen accompanying other events out of somebody who's supposed to be self-quarantining. When somebody works from home and when somebody's retired or whatever, they're free to come and go to the places we normally could come and go to Portugal and Spain. You can get to Lanzarote for 50 euro uh, each way in January. And the Lanzarote rate is 51, much lower than ours. And we're going down. We're, we're, we're holding our head high how great we are. Grand Canaria is even lower than 44. So there is this parallel universe where people are coming and going. But where it comes home is with an employer uh, saying, if you've been abroad, you can't come to work for 14 days. And that's where people living their normal lives are being impacted. And that is being implemented in the workplace. I know that. So this change from 14 to 5 happens on what? The 29th of November, is it? 29th of November. And it's very important uh, that the, the, the 14-day quarantine was a very blunt instrument and that uh, you know it's not even the fact that it's reduced to five it's the first time we started treating travel uh, as a little bit more complex than this everybody arriving the country has to quarantine for 14 days a really interesting change happened on the DFA website no press releases when these things are done they just sort of quietly happen the entire world was rated at a level three all but essential travel and that means that your travel insurance does not apply if you travel any part of the world from Ireland that was downgraded to level two which is um, extra caution and that means the travel insurance now applies for people travelling abroad including the red list countries the Lanzarotes the Madeiras the Spains the Greek islands places with low COVID rates that I'm talking about we're a long way off leisure travel but we at least for the first time are giving some signal that we're paying attention to what the rest of Europe is doing rather than doing our own thing. But no uh, Lapland trips. Tui have cancelled that, so nobody's going to go and see Santa Claus, yeah? And, and the interesting thing is Finland was one of the countries that uh, was was had the cleanest record. It just went over the 50, went out of uh, the orange, the 25 to 50 uh, per 14 days, 100,000 was the, was the level. The Tui have cancelled that. Some of the ski trips are still in there. Some of the uh, other, uh, the, obviously Ryanair and Aer Lingus have pretty full schedules for the summer, but very, very wa- small schedule. Like, I mean, you, we would have three flights a day to Lanzarote uh, during winter. It's four a week now from yeah. uh, Dublin. And obviously Cork Airport are just on operating on Heathrow and Amsterdam. They're operating on fumes, really, aren't they? Even They're though operating on fumes. Yeah. But that will, that's come back in, in, in Chris, uh, Christmas. We will get those Polish through those English and Polish uh, routes back to Ryanair but it does look like January and February we're going back to where we were through the month of November grim grim time for Cork Airport Okay well I know they got some sort of financial dig out over the overnight there was a an 80 million euro package announced for Cork and well, Shannon and Knock and Kerry. Will it be and enough is the big question that the aviation industry would be asking. I mean, they've been pleading for it, they're welcome and they're all issuing press releases saying how glad they are to get it. But realistically, we need 
a proper business based model that they can start operating like uh, an airport that isn't uh, on fumes as you say right. and it looks like we'll be going back to fumes in February and March all right, and also the uh, waiver of uh, landing charges only extends to March it's quite clear that the uh, government is looking at summer in a completely different light I'm not sure we can be as confident about summer as some people Michael O'Leary is quite confident about summer he expects to be back to 75% but I'm not sure uh, Cork Airport can be as confident I suppose O'Leary is saying that because of announcements with regards to vaccines partly that and partly because he sees um, the you know the a turn uh, he, he, he sees that he can turn confidence and contribute to the turning of confidence when people start getting confident again as of testing or out of the news of the vaccine the vaccine's going to take a little bit longer to deliver to have a real impact on travel plans but he does think that he can stimulate it with price we will see the mother and father of all seat sales for next summer well, that's if reach those figures well, that's something. We'll stay in touch. It's good to stay up to date, Owen, and I do appreciate it. Thank you, as always. Always a great pleasure, Neil. Have Thank a good you. day. Owen Corrie from TravelExtra.ie. Aer Lingus have cancelled the flights uh, to Amsterdam from Cork over the Christmas, Neil. And, and there are other um, examples of, uh, you know, cutbacks with regards to Aer Lingus and Ryanair in the front of this morning's mirror. But I think if you have family overseas or friends or relations, it would be as well to let them know of the changes on, Jan- on November 29th. It's no longer... Two weeks quarantine when they come over here, it's it's five days. It could make a difference to your loved ones planning some kind of a trip in December. Uh, contacting you for advice and wondering if anybody can help me. I'm currently in Canada right now and I have flights booked home for Christmas. I just wanted to know if anybody has returned to Ireland from Canada or the United States. And if they have, maybe they might get in touch with you and detail their experience. Do they have to do the two weeks quarantine? Do they have to get tested before they left the country? And then when they landed, etc.? I really just want to get home for Christmas because I miss my family and I'm just trying to weigh up the risks and if it's worth it. I'm a permanent resident here, so getting back into Canada won't be a problem. And to be honest, I don't mind staying in my family home for two weeks anyway because all I want to do is see my family and the Christmas pub experience. Good luck with that. But it probably won't be the same. If I decide not to go home, I might need you to send me some supplies. Ha <laughs> ha. Don't give up my details. Well, I can answer a few of those questions. Firstly, the Christmas pub experience will in no way, shape or form be what it was last year or what you're expecting it to be. Uh, and the big news for you now is that if you come back from Canada uh, in December, you won't have to quarantine for two weeks. It will be five days. You won't have to get a test before you leave. You won't have to get a test when you land. You will just automatically go into quarantine. How that will work out in your own family home when you come back is, is your business. You'll have to work that out. But it's five days. I hope that answers all of your questions. We've got more calls, texts and comments on the way. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. All right, text 0868104106. Listen to your show for a number of years now. I heard today on your program that someone was asking if there was any way of getting an Irish breakfast to the USA. Not cooked now, don't get me wrong. Well, I have good news for that person. I myself have uh, my one and only daughter living in Kentucky for a number of years now. And I tried to go and see her twice a year, but not this year with the lockdown. But there is a website that I use all of the time, www.foodireland.com. It's brilliant and it's a safe site. I've been using it for the last 16 years. You can get everything Irish on it. I send my daughter Irish breakfast for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for her birthday, 
and St. Patrick's Day. She's an only child and she gave me back three beautiful grandkids, two girls and a boy. My son-in-law's from Dublin. Hear it, that's all right. I hope this is of some help with your listeners. Love the show. Take care. Keep up the good work. And that's from Betty Caverly. Um, now, foodireland.com is a website that Betty uses for the Irish breakfast. So we had a look at that. Um, and it does exist. They continue to operate a regular service. And they have a Christmas store that's open. I'm just passing it on for what it's worth. So you do have um, all of your meats. I see a ham there. I see sausages. I see um, rashers. Um, what else am I looking at here? Um, jams, uh, marmalades, even porridge flakes, uh, brown bread, Barry's tea, tato crisps, all sorts of drinks, including my wadi and ribena. So, and also, I see some baked hams there. So, it's all there. Go and check it out for yourself. It's a website called uh, www.foodireland.com. This is for the food side of it, the meats and things. So, apparently, it's done. I mean, obviously, it's uh, done with all sorts of food hygiene regulations. So, it does exist, and I pass it on because somebody asked me about it yesterday. Gillian says, uh, after listening to the show with the man who rescued the lady from drowning last weekend in Cork, I felt like I should share with you another nice story. Also last Friday night, my husband Gary, two children and I were out walking in Mallow. There is a walkway called the Castle Walk, which runs alongside the River Blackwater. It's a beautiful walk and we go there frequently. On this occasion, we met relatives and we were just chatting. I heard a splash but didn't think much of it until a passerby asked if we'd heard anything. Thankfully, that then made us look closer. There was a woman in the water, which was extremely cold. We shouted over to her as she was at the opposite side of the river to us. My husband realized quickly that she wouldn't be able to get out and would soon freeze. Without hesitation, he quickly ran around to the other side of the river, which was not a short run, I might add, and he jumped in and pulled her out of the river. Mallow's search and rescue were alerted by him and came soon afterwards with the guardie. Without his quick thinking and fast actions, I can honestly say this girl would not be here today. Just wanted to say that we're extremely proud of him and wish this lady all of the best from Friday night's incident in the city. Well done to all involved. Isn't it amazing? Two rescues on the same night by two selfless men. I hope you get to read this email. Love the show. Kind regards, says Gillian Heelan. Well, I did read it. And your Garrett, your husband Gary is a hero. Uh, and well done to him. And if I can get a postal address for you, uh, I'm going to send you on a couple of vouchers for some Oak Fire pizzas. And you guys this weekend, hopefully, can have a piping hot pizza party as a way of saying thank you from the program and everybody that's listening. To the phone lines we go. Gary, good morning. Hi Neil, good morning to you. How you doing my man? How are you feeling? Good Neil, good at the moment yeah. What can you add to it? Um, basically what my wife said there on the email, um, we started off by going for a walk and we stopped and met my father on the walk and we were just chatting and um, we, heard a, we heard a splash in the river and I, I presumed it was a dog because there would be lots of dogs and, and stuff on that walk. And another passerby was walking up and he said um, he heard it too. So we went down to the bank to see closely, could we see anything? And um, I looked across the river and I could see a woman holding onto a limb of a tree. Holding onto so, a limb of a tree? Was she was she walking and slipped or something? We didn't know at the time. Um, as I said, it was kind of at the other side of it, kind of a big wide river and it was at the other side of it and it was just beginning to get dark. And uh, we could barely make her out in the, in the trees and... Um, Oh my God. So it sounds yeah. quite isolated where you were then. Well, no, it's, it's, there's a, to be a lot of public people walking but there. But was there at the time? But there wasn't at the time, was there? 
There was a lot of people, yeah. A lot of people walking in the Castle Park walk that, that but, evening, yeah. But, but nobody spotted her? No, it was, it was no, it was only for another passerby that was walking up with his children. He, he said it as well, and um, that, that's what made us made us look. And you, you, you couldn't make it out until you could see in, in through the trees where she was. So what, um, what, what goes through your head when you see something like that? Do you, do you automatically say, I need to find a life ring and throw it in, or I need to get to her, or I need to jump in? Because cause sometimes you can, one tragedy can become two. You know, what do you think in a situation I, like I that? I didn't think. I just, I just felt I had to get over there. Um, I knew she was distressed. Um, and where she was, there was a big high bank, and I, I, I knew she wouldn't get over there by herself. So I just took off running and um, I headed up towards the bridge. I had to cross over the town bridge then and come back down, walk my way back down the other side. And, and like um, how long did that take? A couple of minutes, um, about, about, about maybe four or five minutes. And she's hanging on to the branch of a low-hanging tree for all this, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the current where she was now was fairly strong. And she just, she just when I got there, my wife was across on the other side and she was able to point to me where she was because I couldn't see down the embankment you see and um, she pointed out to where she was and I located her and I asked her can she get out and she said no she can't swim so that's when I made the decision then to go in So you physically went in? Yeah yeah um, and she couldn't talk she was frozen stiff and she said she couldn't hold on to the limb much more because her hands were numb so I had contacted um, my colleague, John Wolf. He's part of the Mallow River Search and Rescue as I was on the way over. And um, I managed to get into the water and get her over to the bank. And I was able to wedge my foot underneath the water so she could climb up. And I was able to push her up onto the bank. That's amazing. Because on yesterday morning's program, we spoke with Kevin, who saved Lorraine's life. And then she called in to thank and tell us her story of the sad reasons why she jumped into the water, wanting to, to end it all. And thank God she's so delighted now that she didn't um, and at the same time Donna Mallow you're doing something similar with a woman in a totally different scenario to get, don't get me wrong but two different people on the same evening um, she's okay is she taken away and everything And uh, yeah the, the guards contacted me that evening and told me that she was gone to the mercy that she was okay and that uh, she'd be getting the help that she needed So, and has she been um, in touch or anything like that her mother rang me Saturday um, to say you know that she was so grateful that she was her only daughter and um that the hospital had said that if I hadn't got there in time, she she mightn't have been there. So you know, it's kind of it was kind of a good outcome at the end. How does that make you feel? Um, to be honest, I was kind of in shock for the whole thing. Um, but how does it make you feel water. now afterwards? The realization yeah. that you know, um, <laughs> when, I, when I when I met my wife and kids afterwards, I I still wasn't you know thinking straight, and um, she just said that she was so proud of me, and that's kind of when it hit. What did the kid? What your you kids know? say to you? I mean, how old are they? Um, Tommy is four and Jessica is ten. Right, what do they make and, of Daddy? Uh, Jessica was so proud and, you know, my, my son, when we got home, was pretending to be a lifesaver with his model ties. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> great, to be honest. Um, I, as I said, I, I didn't think too much of it at the time, but um, to when, when they showed me how proud they were after they'd done it, you know, that kind of made me feel good afterwards. Fair play to you. To save a life must be a wonderful thing. Congratulations. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And I have to say to Mellow River Search and Rescue, they were there within minutes, you know, and as soon as I got up into the bank and, and we got to safe, they were there. They always minutes. are, aren't they? They always are. There, yeah. yeah, fantastic, yeah. yeah. Listen, Gary, great story. I'm delighted that Gillian got in touch with me to tell me about it, and thank you for coming on air. Bit of a pizza party for you guys at the weekend, all right? Something to look forward no to. No worries,
Well done. Thanks so much okay, for taking the call. Much. Cheers. Take care. Okay, Lines open at one 104 106 You can text 868 106 I'll come back to that call, if you don't mind, after 10, because I won't have time to do it right now, and I want to do Eamon, Eamon justice. We were talking about, um, you know, travel, and uh, you know, I'm endeavouring to do a lot more than just COVID-19. I don't, I mean, think that, uh, I just think that uh, while, it, while it's important, and I get all of that, but it, it shouldn't be all-consuming. But there are one or two aspects sometimes that I need to deal with with regards to it. And uh, got an email in yesterday. And this maybe is what it's like in the real world for some people. Mike says, uh, I'd like to bring to your notification the blatant disregard of restrictions on the side of Irish Rail and Bus Aaron and, of course, teenagers. Now, I'm going to read this as it is. I'm not quite sure whether the criticism of a Bus Aaron and Irish Rail is justified. But he says, uh, he's, a, he's a community activist, Mike. And he says, I received three phone calls from parents of teenagers recently. Two on Friday and one on Saturday morning stand out. As we all know, the lockdown's affecting us all, more so teenagers who nowadays parents are finding harder to control. I'm more worried regarding a a parent in East Cork whose husband is classed as very bad diabetic because her youngest son, who's 18 years of age, and the last of their children uh, who has left home. He is uh, anxious to travel. Well, the other children left home. He's the last in the house. He's anxious to travel to his friends in the Northwest Ward, where COVID counts the highest. She phoned Gardaí in Yall on Saturday morning as her son left to get the half-past 11 bus to Cork City and then travel to the north side. The guards said they will do it if an emergency doesn't come up. Uh, an emergency must have come up because the young fellow walked straight on the bus, no questions asked, and is now in the north side of Cork City. This lady is anxious regarding her son coming back and that her husband, who is a diabetic, might catch COVID-19 and will leave him in a very vulnerable situation. Another case is a mother whose husband died, who also has an 18-year-old son, who walked onto the bus in Parnell Place and who is now in Limerick visiting former friends of his. This mother is also very anxious and fears COVID on his return. A third lady who's on the north side, but for the last few years has been living on the south side of Cork, has a son with a drug addiction problem. He was with two of his friends uh, and walked onto a train bound for Dublin without any questions asked. He got off in Houston Station, did some business and then came back to Cork again, no questions asked on either end. I couldn't believe that this was going on until I heard it from those parents. It seems there are no restrictions in place, nor is there a lockdown for those teenagers and early adults. I'm baffled at both Bus Aaron and Irish Rail for their behaviour regarding the restrictions. I can't believe the attitude. I tried ringing both, but I'm being bounced uh, around. Thank you for reading this. I think it's an issue that should be dealt with to protect vulnerable parents uh, particularly with teenagers or 20-somethings, whatever the case may be, who won't play ball. We know all parents do their best with their teenage and young adult children, but in fairness, they can only do so much nowadays, says Mike. Well, it's a bit like the guards and the checkpoints. Are you suggesting that bus air and an Irish rail should quiz every single person getting on a bus and quiz everybody getting on a train? How practical would that be? Back after 10. Just uh, stay with weather-related matters. I saw something coming in this morning there talking about a cattle truck overturning and the, just near the slip road for Watergrass Hill heading south uh, because of lots of flooding on the North Ring. So be aware of that. Tony, good morning. Morning, Neil. Cheers, pal, as always. What have you got for me? Neil, during road uh, between uh, Farmers Cross and Gun Stores in Bellevue just three foot of water. Three foot. Now you're breaking up on me there. I got the three feet of water in Ballyvillan. 
Not gone. Anyway, what he is saying, the road is flooded both sides near the Fob and Gill. Cars have to drive the central lines. Lorries are approaching. It's chaotic. Someone's going to be killed if people don't slow down. There's an awful lot of flooding in and around uh, Ballyvalan as well. The link actually heading west coming out here this morning. The inside lanes were all flooded. It's treacherous. It really and truly is. So you just got to... You just got to slow down. I played a little clip earlier on of um, Maura Hallinan talking with Mick Mulcahy in June. Uh, she celebrated her 100th birthday and died peacefully at her home in the presence of her beautiful family at her pub, the KLM Bar on Lower Glanmar Road. And her death at the age of 100, Ireland's oldest landlady. Uh, her death was announced yesterday by her family. But sometime, she's a wonderful woman. Uh, she really is. A great storyteller. Reared a family over the top of that pub, the KLM. Beautiful building as well, incidentally. Uh, and hopefully it'll uh, open again in the new year. But unfortunately, Maura won't be there pulling pints. But I did catch up with her in the recent past. So we just dug out 60 seconds. I think this hones in on uh, my conversation uh, with Maura about when and why and how she bought the pub, which at the time wasn't called the KLM at all. We were in England and we, my husband wanted to come back from England and I said I wasn't coming back except we do some little business. Yeah. Because I, when I was in England, I was working and um, he said, grand, grand, what we do? And I, he said, what about we just get the echo? And... Um, we decided then that we'd look for a bar. So we looked for a bar in Washington Street by the courthouse and then the man decided he wasn't selling. And then we uh, walked down the low road and see this bar and we went in there for a drink. It was summer's day. And the lady said, oh, you're Ian Holdis and spoke to us and things like that. And said we were about looking for a bar and she said why don't you buy this place so that's how it started it was a beamish pub sharp as a pin sharp as a pin incredible woman and uh, we're all the sadder with her passing yesterday at the age of 100 that was a conversation I had some time back with Maura Hallinan and our thoughts are with her family this morning an incredible thing to share her life for one years and all those that knew her uh, may she rest in peace lines open at one 850 so the road is flooded both sides near the Fob and Gill Tony was attempting to tell me about other areas particularly up around Ballyvalan road flooded by Muskree Golf Club between Healy's Bridge and Claro. slow down the road to passage heavily flooded if you're coming across incidents like that lads just bang me off a fast text 0868104106 so I can pass it on. Yesterday of course we had that accident where a student was hit by a motorbike. Some people were blaming the bollards that were put up. Uh, somebody got in touch with me saying firstly I hope the person who was knocked down makes a full recovery. Those bollards were put up outside the school to prevent parking in the cycle lane. The amount of people parking there every day on both sides of the road is dangerous. Very dangerous. There are pedestrian crossing lights outside the school for students to cross the road. You would think that maybe the cars would park a little bit further away and let your little darlings walk a little bit more if it makes things safer. Big response on whether yay or nay for going to mass in big churches with small numbers. I want to come back to all of that and lots more besides. But just staying uh, with uh, the topic of people who save lives. Um, and we had two cases on Lee side, one in Mallow and one uh, on the on the Keys in Cork on Friday night. Eamon, good morning. Morning, Neil. Uh, thanks for taking the call. It reminded you of a couple of years ago, yourself and a friend did something similar. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, it was about 2004, maybe, 2003, I think, um, best guess. And um, we were walking a friend of ours home, um, 
and a woman had fallen into the river. Um, it was about 11 o'clock, so last call kind of time, you know, so there wasn't very many people around. In the city? Um, Whereabouts? Yeah, this is um, next to the Gate Cinema. Okay. Um, there's there's a low wall just as the, as the bridge turns, um, and as the wall is really low, that's where the woman went over. Um, and there was nobody around, myself, my, my buddy Owen, and, and my friend Kira. Um, and I, I looked across the key. I saw quite literally nobody was the only person there. Um, and then when we saw the woman surface in the water where the splash was, um, that being the only choice was to go on after her. Like, well, um, you could have tried tried throwing a life ring or something like that, but you no, decided no. She was struggling. But there, like you could you could visibly see that there wasn't a chance. She was kind of and, and she was kind of uh, I suppose still, you know. And my best guess is that she was ruined drunk. Um, so the only opportunity really was to kind of was to jump in, you know. Quick thinking, then you had to you had to process all that very fast. So what did yeah. you do? Um, well, what what was really funny is like um, we I gave my shoes um, to my friend Kira. Um, I gave I stuck my phone in my, in my wallet and each and I jumped in without even really a think because uh, the tide was high. Um, and ultimately, I know that part of the river really well. I used to actually walk past it for years when I used to go to my primary school. So that's already a nostalgic part of, of the river for me. Um, so when I jumped in and I, I swam over to the lady, um, we, uh, we, we had to try and pull her up the ladder. It was too far to get to the steps. The Did two of you go in then, was it? Yeah, Owen followed me straight in. I didn't expect him to. I didn't ask him to. We didn't even talk about it. We were just like his woman in the river and we were gone. <laughs> but um, I, I, felt, I felt him hit the water behind me um, and I quickly realized what that was. So we just we just kind of went for the woman. But we had to pull her up the ladder. Um, and it's like she was she was tall and she was she was very overweight. She was over 200 pounds. Um, it was very difficult to get her up the ladder. It took us a long time. Um, and as as Kevin and Gary can attest to, the, the cold water, um, it kind of it gives you a breathing of flutter. It makes it very difficult to to be anywhere near. That's the reaction the to the cold, is it? Yeah, it's very tough to be strong. So, like, it was it was very difficult to get up the ladder. We did because there would be a risk of shocks when somebody hits cold water. You amongst them, like you know. I mean, I've I've, I've gone to Irish beaches, so yeah, I can attest to what that feels like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You know. So, like, I mean, I, I swam in the past a lot, so I was kind of half prepared for it, like, you know what I mean? So, I kind of knew not to push myself, you know what I mean, and just swim over casually. And, but getting her up the ladder was an ordeal, though. Yeah, that was absolute hell. Um, we did eventually get her up the ladder. Um, and what happened is by the time we got her up the ladder, um, an ambulance had come from the Mercy around the corner. So, by the time we got her over the wall, the ambulance had just stopped, and the ambulance crew picked her up straight away. So, they, they instantly responded. Someone had obviously um, called the ambulance, like, you know. Um, and a, a crowd had gathered in about maybe the 10 or 15 minutes it took us to get up the ladder. This is a very sad story, though, with a very sad ending, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my friend Owen actually called me um, a couple of years after this um, and told me that she eventually succeeded in in, in her attempts to end her life. Um, and it wasn't the only attempt where she'd gone into the river and somebody had pulled her out. Um, I mean, it, it's an incredibly rewarding experience to save somebody's life, but it's... You know, it's, it's quite the opposite to hear that. Uh, that she had uh, so much turmoil in her life, yeah, I know. That she went around in a loop and eventually, you know, she felt that this is her only way out on more than one occasion, you know. It's tragic, isn't it? It really is. Goes, I guess, it's yeah. tragic. It really is. Yes, so there's Kevin and Gary and your good mm-hmm. self and there's probably many others who have intervened that we'll never know about. Um, Honestly, I've heard of this on more than one occasion. On, on, like, I used to work in the pubs for a long time um, and... 
almost, almost on a weekly basis, you'd hear someone being pulled out of the river um, successfully saved. Um, so from the time I used to work in the pubs for about four or five years, I used to hear about it very regularly. Um, and it's kind of heartwarming to know that there is almost always somebody willing to go in after somebody who, who's gone into the river, um, you know, who wanted to... And you have to them. then you have to drill into the reasons why how many are accidents yeah. how many are attempts on their own life you know yeah I mean I've heard the stories of people just falling over and that's what I thought that a woman because that wall is really low yeah. I mean it's it's yeah. lower than hip height well we've I, heard I, of college students who have fallen over walls yeah yeah absolutely sitting up in them or getting a speed wobble after a few jars or what have you are you still yeah. in touch with Owen and Kira? I do, yeah. I talk to them occasionally. We're we're more estranged now because I mean, you know, as life goes on. But I still chat to them every now and again. Every couple of years, we catch up. Well, it's great to share that story. Listen, stay on the phone line. I just want to send you a couple of pizza vouchers from Oak Fire Pizza. I don't know whether you can rattle uh, Owen and Kira for a pizza party, but uh, do what you will with them. And thanks for sharing the story, Eamon, Okay. No, thanks for the opportunity, and uh, I'll, sh- I'll share I'll share the good news. Cheers, my man. Thank you. And enjoy the pizza, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Uh, a lot of calls and texts on the program this week and hopefully for the next couple of weeks may well warrant uh, a pizza prize. So bear that in mind. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. And when you get one call like this, it tends to open the floodgates to many more. Started with Gary and then started with Kevin and then Gary and then Eamon. And Eleanor has another tale. Morning. Morning, Neil. This is your son-in-law. Uh, this my, was was this just was this just the summer gone? Yeah, just in September. Just uh, the weather was still good, and before the kids went back to school, they said they'd take them on a trip around Cove Harbour. You know, yeah, there were boat trips. So my daughter, the husband, and the three children were walking down the quays, and they saw a woman unconscious. And now he's a tree surgeon, so he's good at CPR. He's good at first aid. So he gave her CPR and he realised that she had a broken leg. Her femur was broken. So he put her in position, called emergency services, kept her warm. And all this took about half an hour, so they missed the boat trip. But in fairness to Harbour, put on another trip for them later on. No, it was shorter and it was after getting colder and the sun was gone. But he didn't mind. He just said, look, he did it for the, for the woman, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, she no, was unconscious from unconscious, the fall. Yeah. She obviously had a fall, I guess. She had a fall, yeah. She an elderly yeah. woman. She was, yes. Yeah, so was. he put his he he put his uh, his jacket because she could go into shock, I suppose. I suppose. Exactly, yeah. And he'd be very good at first aid, being being a tree surgeon, you know. He'd be, you know, top rate first aid. Like they would have to are. because of the equipment they use and what have you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he probably killed me for ringing. <laughs> But uh, just as you were talking there about drawing, you, I thought, well, you know, my son did something. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know what? Among other things, it, it's important that people learn CPR. I wonder if it's it possibly taught in an awful lot of secondary schools. I hope it is because it literally can save a life. Well, <laughs> Neil, we had a neighbour recently, and uh, like that, we got a call, and my brother had CPR, but. He did, like he didn't survive, but we gave him every chance, you know. Well, it certainly wasn't for the lack of effort. But I think I do feel strongly that everybody should have it, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it, Eleanor. Much obliged. one 804 106 text 0868-104-106. On issues involving, a lot, a, a, let's say, a, a number of pubs who are flouting the guidelines with their takeout that are supposed to be takeaway pints. Unfortunately for some, it's... It's takeout as opposed to takeaway. Why don't you get the bar owners selling these takeaway drinks on air and put questions to them regarding the gatherings? 
you have a responsibility to do this now. I'm not so sure that I do have a responsibility. I mean, I'm not the guards, you know. I didn't impose the guidelines upon people. I'm here to report on the stories. But I'm not going to be judge and jury as to somebody who uh, opens a business for takeout pints if the people they're giving them to don't go away. That's an issue for the Garda Shikana. Uh, I'm not here to be given chapter and verse or re- reading the riot act to bar owners. Is there not a city bylaw that prohibits drinking on the streets? There is. What's the story there? Why is it not being enforced? No idea. I live next door to a pub which is still open through the back door. I'll be darned. You'd think it's closed, but I know there are people sneaking in and out the back door. It's never particularly busy. They keep it about 10 or 15 people each night, particularly at the weekends. Morning. The reason Cork is doing all right, Neil, as you discussed, is because 95% of us are doing what we're being asked to do. These clowns outside the pubs on Friday night are nothing more than a disgrace. Why are people so desperate to have a pint? Jesus, how bad must your life be if you can't go for a few weeks without drink for the benefit of everyone? Have a drink at home if you're that desperate, uh, say the Radley, says uh, Mr. Radley in Pinecroft. I mean... For some people, it's contact with their friends. I'm not, I'm not endorsing what they're doing, but you know, some people are struggling, uh, and I think having a drink at home is not really the answer for some people. They want to meet their mates and they want to have a what they what they believe to be a socially distant pint in the outdoors. Back after the break, talk to Neil Prenderville now. Eighteen fifty one oh four one oh six Red FM. Played some clips from conversations with the late Maura Hallinan in the last hour. Ireland's oldest landlady. She was the owner of the KLM Bar on the Lower Glanmore Road. And wonderful, wonderful woman. I think I did her a disservice because I'm seeing this morning now that, in actual fact, she was in her one hundred and second year, her 102nd year, and our condolences to all of the family, amongst them Stephen Hackett, his grandson who joins me by phone. Stephen, Stephen, good morning. Morning. Ah, I know that you're you're very upset, obviously, and our condolences to you and, and all of the family. Her 102nd year then, am I right? Well, she's 101 and a half, yeah. So she was nearly, nearly at 102, Mark. So she would have been 101 in June then? Yeah, 8th of June. What a terrific woman. Um, and, and I believe that your own pub then, um, on Douglas Street, Nana's, is named mm. after her. Is that right? Yeah, so the, the K, Nan bought the KLM in 68 and named it after her daughters. And I thought it'd be nice to name, name it after Nan, you know? So, so, you know. Did she pull any points in Nana's, I wonder? Uh, once or twice. I mean, rega- regardless of one's age, it doesn't make it any less sad, sure, doesn't? No, it's not. It's a big part of my life and other people's lives, you know, so... Yeah. I'd say she was a great storyteller, was it, with all of those years behind her? Unbelievable. Massive family around the world as well, you know, so... <clears throat> so, will there be... Obviously, the, the funeral will be a, a quiet event because of COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad because there would be a lot of people who want to turn out and, uh, and pay their sympathies and respects, right? I don't think I don't think this this, this time is given her the proper send off she could she, she guessed you know I think there's hundreds of people who have turned up for this thing you know so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's sad but that's why I wanted to just mark her passing this morning because many people will not be able to go and, and pay their respects. Fabulous mm. story she told of going into the pub for just for a drink, having looked at trying to buy a pub on Washington Street. And I don't know what yeah. it was. Do we even know what it was called before the KLM bar? It was a Beamer oh, show. Mickey Lahey's, I think it was. I think it was like Courthouse. 
Get away. I think he's at the courthouse. I, which, I can't remember which one that is, actually. The courthouse tavern was, was the old bailey. One old. of those ones, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But on a stroll down yeah. the lower road, they decided to go in for a drink, and lo and behold, found out from the landlady that was running it for Beamish that it was for sale. Yep, true. They, they never did food or anything like that. Was it just no, was it no, just no. pints and stuff like that? No, it was, it was a new term. It's just a wet pub. <laughs> the new saying now, no? Yeah, and and it will continue to, when things can get back to normal and reopen. I imagine it will reopen. Yeah, again. yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll be open. Caelan will be open, and then it'll be reopening whatever whatever restrictions are lifting back to normality, whatever normality right, will be well, then. You know? well, listen, I just wanted to. I just wanted to celebrate her 101 and a half years and just yeah, uh, so wish you well. She lived the mass on Friday, no, St. Patrick's, 11 o'clock. And so, um, after that, then she's, she's, she's gone then. So. Give her the send-off that she deserves, yeah. We'll yeah. try, we'll try, yeah. Um, how, how are you doing with regards to, you didn't decide to do any takeout pints or anything like that? You just decide to close and just wait and see this through? Well, she was part of that reason as well, because I, d- I didn't... I didn't do anything takeaway wise because I knew she wasn't well for a while. So yeah, yeah. Um, you were there. You were there. I with didn't concentrate on doing something else, you know. So I know, I know. Listen, I know that it's difficult for you, but thank you for being uh, brave enough to come on air, Stephen, and our condolences with all of the family. Thank you for right? Oh, you'd have to you have yeah. to acknowledge Cork people with such all Cork people, but somebody with such a history and a beautiful woman and sharp as a pin. Like the stories oh. were just falling from her mouth. Amazing. Up to, up to the other day, I know she was still in, You know, totally. The body was going, and the mind, the mind was, but she was, she was, she was, she was, she was still there, you know. So. I know, I know. Her likes will not be seen again. Mind yourself, no. Stephen. Thanks, Thanks for taking the call. Cheers, Thank my you. man. Take Bye-bye. care. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. With regards to those that die, or indeed those that nearly do, uh, I just thought I should text to wish Lorraine well. This is Lorraine, who was the lady who actually did jump into the river on Friday night, and I spoke to her on the air yesterday morning. I just wanted to wish her well. My heart went out to her, but by God, she is so grateful to get another chance, isn't she? This year has been exhausting mentally and physically for most. It was Caroline Flack's birthday this week, and although I didn't know her. I was really upset by her death and I felt like I lost a friend. During first lockdown, my own mental health was put under strain with three kids and losing my job. But thankfully, I have a fantastic partner who helped me through it. Myself and my partner often speak about people who decide to end it all and wonder if they change their mind when it's too late. Lorraine is a lucky star and a fab mum. Hopefully, she will know her worth. Bless Kevin, what are you superhero and a gent with no cape? Thank you kindly. Beautifully written, and thank you for it, Marguerite. Uh, morning, Neil. Congratulations to that chap, Kevin. But let's spare a thought for the poor girl that thought this was the only way out for her. It's easy to turn our heads and look down on this poor girl, but the lads, but lads, this lockdown is making the best of people struggle. I, for one, am struggling, but take solace in the little things. And I, for instance, take, I, I thank God for my dog. More should be done. Uh, to just be there for people who are struggling. It's an old saying, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Uh, I would like to wish that girl the best for the future, Lorraine. Addiction is the hardest thing to live with, uh, whether you're an addict or the family of a member of an addict. Um, fair play to coming for to Lorraine for coming on air and speaking so openly about her situation. I hope she gets stronger from this. She will get stronger. And was in a much happier position yesterday, Brenda tells me, after her conversation on air. Congratulations to that man Friday night. It brings back good memories for me, as I did the same on Lancaster Quay last February. Can't come on air due to work. 
I just felt I had to congratulate that man. It's a huge thing he did. Morning, listening to Lorraine on your show. Wow is all I can say. What a story. Wishing Lorraine all the best. And to Kevin, who saved her life, a huge thank you. That's just a selection of texts from those conversations uh, from yesterday. To the phone lines we go. Finn, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. This is incredible. So you went to Fountainstown. Were you kayaking? Yeah, first of all, um, I listened to your interview with Lorraine yesterday and even though she only came on to say thank you and everything, you'd be surprised how much of an effect that her phone call will have on people who have bad thoughts and congratulations to you and to her on that. Well, I, I um, hope that I hope that it acts as in a positive way. So good man yourself. You'd be surprised. You'd be very surprised. Like she said herself, she wants to talk to people and her li- people listening to her yesterday will take great, great, a great boost. Anyway, back to last year, um, I was working and we, we decided that we were going to have a staff day out for charity for the uh, Cumberland Children's Hospital. So off down to Fountainstown, we were kayaking and I paired up with one of the girls inside and um, we went out. So we hadn't clue what we were doing, but you know, bravado. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And it was a race out to this boy and then back in. So we went out and the girl in front of me, I was making her laugh by singing the team to Hawaii 5 boat, and she, the boat, boat turned right and we capsized. So off into the water with a pair of us and I grabbed her and then she announces that she can't swim and she's afraid of water. So I'm okay. So I grabbed her but her life jacket was too big so I went over her head so I'm holding her and her shoe fell off. Nailed the panic over the shoe and I'm like, Karen, I've got you caught. You're fine. You're not going anywhere. We'll swim away in there now waiting for the lads to come over and get us. I got killed because her shoe was gone and we pulled her out of the water and we still laugh to this day about it. <laughs> it, it was well, she wanted so to, funny. She wanted to dive for the Nike, is it? <laughs> She wanted me to go down for the shoe, and I, I made the comment with my personality saying, I'm not diving into the water for any penny shoe. And then it was like, for F's sake, it's a Nike, I only got him last week. And I tell you now, the poor little thing, we had such a laugh. And of course, she was a hero in the hotel about it. But we, it was the funniest thing. And to this day, every time now I meet her, we just part, and I'm like, I'm not going near you, you're a jinx. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love to give her a pizza. I would love to give... Because if anybody knows her personality, for somebody who was brave enough to go out for charity that couldn't swim and then couldn't put on a life jacket, she deserves more than a pizza. She does. She had her priorities right anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, thank God she wasn't wearing jewellery. <laughs> well, I tell you what I do. I will give her the pizza because at least it's a cheaper option for me than buying her a new pair of Nikes, all right? <laughs> Well, it's only one you have to buy. Come on, don't be such a tight skate. No, it's done. I'll, like, put, go back on hold. Get an address where I can send the voucher. It's sorted. Thanks. An old fire pizza for her and for you as well, Finn. All right, I'm in great form Thanks today. So, well, for you. Good luck. Take care. Bye bye. Back after the break on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Red FM. Do you remember we were talking on Monday that from Monday of this week until the 31st day of December, when you compare like with like, women will be working for free. When you compare their wages to the wages of men, they earn 14% more, less. Um, men earn 14% more. That's the gender pay gap. Pay gap. It may not bother you, but would you be concerned if it was your daughter, for instance, I wonder? Anyway, Richie says, why do you insist on promoting the lie of the gender pay gap all of the time. No woman in Ireland is paid less than a man for the same job of work. For you to suggest that, uh, this disproven myth is proof of, proof of the systematic sexism within employment. And you engage in lazy analysis and at worst are dishonest. Certain professions are higher paid than others and men tend towards these professions more than women tend to. But there's nothing stopping women from pursuing a career, say, in the petrochemical industry, for example. 
Furthermore, it cannot be proven that this current trend is a negative for women who intelligently choose a healthier work-life balance than their male counterparts who tend as males to work longer hours and are employed in far more dangerous industries with men accounting for 92% of all workplace deaths says Richie in Toker. And there are more like that. Women will not work the hours that men are willing to. That's why they earn less money. Morning, Neil. If women were working for free, surely by now employers would only have women working for them, as it would be cheaper. If women are doing the same amount of work as men, why would they be paying be paying more when the labour can be done cheaper and just as well as their male counterparts by women? Chris says, the majority of men work more full-time jobs. A huge amount of women work part-time or are stay-at-home raising children. But if they do, it's still a job. If you calculate the rate of part-time workers as the pay gap, regarding the pay, pay gap, I bet women come out earning more than men. Uh, equality of outcome isn't the same thing as equal opportunity. Uh, one of your texters is right when he says that it's a bit more nuanced than just stating women are paid less. You have to drill into the reasons. Kate says, traditionally, female-dominated professions were paid less in society than male-dominated professions. You only have to look at what we pay childcare workers, for instance. Morning, men and women uh, get the same pay unless you're the boss. Um, People lost the plot, says Kaneda. Uh, Neil saying this uh, with how he never lets women get a word in edgeways makes me laugh, says Catherine. What? Neil never lets a woman get a word in Edgewood. I wouldn't be long on the air if that was the case. Men get paid more for their missus to take more. What's the difference? Uh, sorry, these make these make no sense. I'll come back to more of them in a few minutes' time. Here's one here. The biggest difference between men and women in the world in terms of temperament and interest are in Scandinavia. They have maximized, as a consequence, their equalities. Basically, the more egalitarian your state the bigger the personality differences between men and women. Um, do you mind if I come back to that text? Because it's actually quite heavy and deep, and I'd have to have a quick read of it first to just make sure if it makes sense. And my apologies. Um, if women are cheap, are so if women are so cheaper to pay, why is it that places don't hire only women? It would save them an awful lot of money. And one final one for now. Totally unfair. Women do a lot more work than men. Um, women do a lot more than men. Take into account what they do in the home. After a day's work, men have it soft, says Julie, suggesting, I suppose, as you are, that men are useless in the home, is it? And Ryan says, I've never worked a job where I was aware my female counterparts were getting any less than me. Besides saying they worked 52 days for free is a bit of a manipulation of the truth, Neil, says Ryan. Well, I'm just telling you, that's the information that's been brought to hand, that um, when you compare the two genders and you total all of the salaries for both sexes, and I understand that women work in different types of jobs and unfortunately too many women work in lower paid jobs. I understand all that. But when you compare it, it's not comparing like with like job, I suppose. But they are saying that from last Monday until the end of the year, when you compare salaries, women will technically be working for free. So your calls are welcome on that. Text 0868104106. Dominique, good morning. Hi, good morning. That's amazing. The amount of people who have been saving lives. Uh, what did you see? Um, basically, I was just standing by the lights by the um, opera house. I was crossing over to the opposite side of the road and there was just a man and he was standing um, at one side of the 
uh, one side of the wall and I think he was nearly waiting for somebody to see. I'm not sure or not. But I think the second that people started kind of walking across the road, he threw his legs over, over the wall. Oh, no. And myself and my friend were walking and uh, over the road and I just bolted across and um, I just kind of wrapped my arms around his body and my friend came along then behind me and she wrapped her arms around So was he kind of dangling on the wall then at that stage? Yeah. He was dangling on the wall like his legs were over the other side and he was ready to jump in. He wasn't drunk or he wasn't... There was nothing seemed off about him. He just... I don't know. He just didn't seem like he was very present or something. So, um... What did she... Was it you had your arms around him or your friend? Oh, I did. And what did you say I to wh- him? I just said, I basically said, like, if you're going to go over the wall, I'm coming with you. Like, you know, you're, you're, I was just trying to talk him down, basically, but it happened so quickly. You know, I was kind of like, what am I supposed to do here? But I suppose it was just a reaction to just throw my arms around him and hopefully he wouldn't jump, I suppose. Hopefully. And you said to him, if you go, I'll have to go too. Yeah, basically, I just threw my arms around him and put my body weight onto him. And you said, I don't want to go into the water, it's cold. Yeah, basically, and I was just kind of saying, if you go in, I'll go in, everything will be okay. I was just trying to talk him down, and my friend came along then about, I'd say, a couple of seconds after me, and she put her arms around him. She did what I did, so there was two of us with our body weight. Amazing. How, How did he respond to all of this? He just kept saying, I just want to die. I just want to go. And it was so very sad. I don't even think I, like, until afterwards when we had to give a statement to the police, I kind of didn't really gauge the severity of it at the time. It was like I just had a natural reaction just to do that. And I didn't even think about it. But then I was kind of thinking about it afterwards and I started crying when I was talking to the guards because I was kind of thinking how... Like, I didn't even realize that I had done it, you know, that kind of way. I know, the gravity of it sunk in eventually. And and he was crying as well, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah, he was very upset as well afterwards. Um, Now, the guards said that um, that that they knew his face from around town. So I'm not 100% sure if he had tried something like this before or... Do you think that maybe he was homeless and he had no hope and nowhere to live and no family and no expectations no, apparently apparently when we asked when they were asking the guys were asking him a lot of questions and I was there I wanted to make sure that I stayed there until I don't know why I felt so protective over this man but I felt like I needed to be there until I saw him get into an ambulance or get into a squad car or something I just couldn't leave so even when they were asking questions I was standing there with my friend and they were asking me questions and I, I felt like I couldn't leave until I had you know, seen him go somewhere. Mm. So basically I heard all the questions that they were asking him and he was giving it like an address and he was he was living with his brother, I think, at the time, in Ballincollig, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, not, not too remember. much information out of respect, but clearly... Oh, absolutely, yeah. Clearly something was going on in his life to make him take that uh, that awful, awful, make oh, that awful yeah. decision. You know? Yeah, it was devastating. And it really hit me afterwards. I was kind of thinking like... You know, you could just kind of really think what people must be going through something so horrible in life that they feel that they need to make that decision. You know, it's just you just wonder where that thought has come from from them, you know. 
that's why you have to look to the last eight months for people who would may have been struggling, even those who haven't been struggling, but are now because of all of these restrictions and the, the changes to their life and the fear and the worry. I mean, some would suggest that it's like being in prison and others are even suggesting that it's um, worse, that prison is better. You know? I know. It's just, I think everybody thinks about it in a different way. That's why it's so important to watch it and like just deal with your mental health in so many different ways. Like, you know, just be careful with what but what you're thinking where your thoughts are going, you know, and just be a bit mindful. Um, I guess that's all, that's what I've been able to do and that's what's kind of helped me through it. So. Good for you. And while you were holding on to him, you and your friend, I believe you chatted with him and said things like, there's, there's always someone in our lives that loves us, you know? Oh, absolutely. I was kind of talking... I was I I can't fully remember what I was saying because I was actually in a bit of a state of shock as well. My friend was telling me afterwards, so she was just telling me that we were that I was talking to him about you know family and I was talking to him about everyday life. I don't know what I was actually saying in that moment, but I know that my friend was telling me that I was just trying to talk about everyday Keeping things. Keeping him, him and, occupied, yeah, 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 just t- taking his mind off what was actually going on. And you never heard anything afterwards in the future. In the future, after that, no. Never heard another word afterwards. But it's I know every time I cross the road, that road there, it's like my eyes always glance over in that direction. Or like any time, I don't know what it is. I'd always keep an extra eye on the bridges or on if I'm going over a bridge it always kind of I don't know it's just like that's uh, um, understandable yeah that's understandable yeah it's just yeah. I just have to look and make sure that there's nobody there or nothing there and it, I don't know why I feel that way I just do and yesterday and Monday and again this morning more stories from people like you far too many of these stories incidentally would you agree oh uh, yeah I, I just don't I just think it's devastating it's obviously it has increased a lot in COVID and it has, I, I think people are feeling hopeless and um, I just wouldn't even know where to start with trying to fix that or trying to make a difference to that. I wouldn't even know where to start. Okay. But there's okay. just so much more to life. Like, you know, there is a lot to life and you can, you, like everybody is loved. Well, Lorraine said that the minute that she hit that water on Friday night, she knew she had made a mistake, you know. Well, and I, I think that's that a very, so sad. isn't it? It's very, that's very deep because you have to wonder how many other who didn't survive felt the very same way having made the decision that they wanted I know to it's, live. It's terrible. Like, is it a cry for help? Is it just a thought, a flashing thought that you just think this needs to be done? And yeah. yeah, do you know? And is it, I don't know. I've never had those thoughts myself, so I don't know. Well, listen, thank you for your intervention and thanks for sharing the story, Dominique. Stay on the line there. I know it wasn't the reason you called, but I want to organise a pizza voucher for you from Oakfar Pizza and you can uh, you can enjoy it. And thanks for sharing that story and for making oh. the difference, all right? No problem at Take all. Care. Thank you. Cheers, bye. Cheers. Um, with regards to yesterday, going to Mass, not going to Mass, we have Father Ted down in Glanton who is saying Mass and uh, we went down to the Mass yesterday. We didn't want to talk. I think that maybe he might have got the thin end of the wedge there because, um, you know, there was. I'm certainly not going to be giving him grief if he wants to say Mass. That's his, that's his own concern. Um, but Sarah says, I'm sorry now. 
But there were very silly comments being made by Fiona uh, on the air yesterday morning about possibility of going back to penal times and having mass outdoors. It's freezing outside. Could you imagine having an outdoor mass right now, the 10 o'clock mass outdoors right now? It's freezing outside. All the elderly mass goers would get the flu and then they'll all be sick. The flu kills more elderly people than COVID ever will. It's ridiculous. I'll have lost a family member this year in November and I'm only 29. I miss being able to go to church in this month of the Holy Souls too. It's a disgrace that the church isn't open. It's not fair, Neil, to compare it going to the gym as the same as going to the church like we did on air. Churches are large open rooms, not like gyms where you're sharing sweaty machinery. We need to live with this virus and move on, says she. Um, uh, In all of this, there's very little mention of God. We need hope in these very tough times. And a lot of people get comfort from their faith. There are hundreds in supermarkets. So I don't get why people are jumping up and down about a handful of people gathering in a church, says Marie. You know what? I, I can't disagree with that sentiment. I can't. I'm sorry, but people in mass are socially distancing. I really can't understand why people can't gather. Why people can gather outside pubs, drink and take away pints. And they are. I've driven through town. I've seen the crowds on the streets. How is this Okay. But people can't go into a huge church for a mass. I'd imagine the furore about the mass is more anti-church hypocrisy. Well, the chap counting the numbers, uh, 8 or 10 at the 10 o'clock mass, be doing a head count outside the pubs in town, a head count in Fitzgerald's Park, at the coffee stop or at the mosque, for instance. I'm not a bit religious and I stopped going to mass 31 years ago, so I have no hidden agendas. Uh, Hi, Neil. I watched a funeral mass streamed during the week. Uh, The priest said mass on top of the coffin instead of on the altar. What do your listeners think? Or have they ever heard of that, says Pat? Could be to do with camera angles, my man. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if people have an opinion on it. I don't. I mean, are you suggesting it's disrespectful? Uh, May I go on the record and say that I, for one, think priests saying mass is great for all, especially in a church that holds 600 people. Some people should really hold their heads in shame to criticise. Common sense first, please, people, says Chris. And there are many more. Uh, Let the pensioners go to Mass. The churches are huge and there is uh, plenty of room to socially distance and wear a mask. It gives people structure to their day and something to do. It also allows them to see people. And for many elderly who are alone, that is important. That's a selection. Um, if Fiona's friend was so concerned for the frontline staff, why didn't she ring up yourself? Get a grip. It's the month of the Holy Souls. Stop the madness. Churches are big enough to accommodate 8, 20 or 40 people. Disrespectful. Absolutely, people. Mind your own business. Uh, particularly if you think you are the COVID police. You are not. A selection to 0868104106. Meanwhile, um, yeah, I will be coming back to the issues in Mayfield, um, particularly with regards to uh, the amount of rubbish and uh, stuff that's been dumped up there where they have an infestation and a plague of rats. So I hope to come back to that. Um, but um, more coming in with regards to the very bad road conditions. Thank you for the updates, guys. There's a tree down now blocking the road at the co-op in Granada. Slow down, take care. If you approach it fast, you will hit a tree. So bear that in mind. Marie, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are now, you? Um, thank you, I'm well. This is, uh, again, all sorts of people will want to be travel and trying to travel across November and more importantly for, for Christmas. But you're, you have an, um, is it an ex-husband, is it? Yeah, well, we're still married, but, um, you know, we're just uh, not together. Okay, he's not together. Okay, that's your own business. But he's, you're in Ireland, you're in Cork, he's in Colombia. Yes. Okay. And what's the plan? He he wants to come home see his kids, is it? Yeah. 
Um, so basically, he's been here already. Like, because I I moved back from Colombia a couple of years ago, and I was just like, I didn't know what the plan was a couple of years ago. I was supposed to go back, but I didn't go back. Um, but I've never stopped him from coming to see the kids, and you know, vice versa. I brought them over for the whole summer last year, and we were supposed to go again this year. So we'd had to cancel two trips. So then he tried to come here, and they he has to send all his paperwork to Mexico. So. They received the documents in Mexico and apparently they changed some regulations so there was some fault with the documents so they had to send them all back again and start again. So he had sent them in. He missed Christmas last year because of that. So he sent them in again in February and they they were about to process the visa, I guess, and then COVID happened in March and boom. Because he, needs a, he needs a he needs a short-stay visa to come to Ireland. Yeah. What is that, like three months or something? Um, yeah, they give you 90 days at the airport, like... Um, so what happens? They, if you, what would happen if you got on a flight to Heathrow and got on a flight from Heathrow to Cork? What would happen? He, he would never get to Heathrow. They'd turn him back. Where in Colombia? Yeah, because he wouldn't have a visa to get on the flight. So the airlines would be fined if they let anyone on without a visa. But if you were in Colombia, you could get on a plane to come to Ireland oh, because I you're can Irish. Go anywhere, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Like I can go to Colombia, and I was thinking, I was like, look, if it comes down to it, then I'm going to have to go to Colombia. But the thing is, I have to go to Colombia now, right? I'd have to get three COVID tests. That's like 600 euros right there. Another two grand for flights. I'd have to get to Colombia, quarantine for two weeks, and then come back and quarantine for another two weeks. So you believe that you're... uh, Yeah, I know. It would be a a nuisance, a nonsense to do all of that. So do you believe that your ex, the father of your children, should be regarded as a humanitarian case, is it? Yes. And, and I've been fighting that. Like, I emailed Simon Coveney. I emailed, like, the ambassador in Colombia. Like, I've been to her house. She knows us personally. You know, he's not coming as, as a flight risk. He's going to go back. Like, you know, because our, our, our eventual goal is to get back to the States in 2022 when his ban is up. Because I'm an American citizen as well. And the kids are were born there. So, like, that's the eventual goal. I just didn't want to be living in Colombia all that time. So that's why I decided to come home. What's the ban about? What is that? So, okay, he entered illegally into the States through the border of Mexico over the desert. Um, So when we got married, um, he was basically told the lawyers that he's going to have to go back to Colombia to fight the the ban from there, to fight the visa. So we moved from New York back to Colombia. You didn't have to, though, did you? You could have just stayed. No, we didn't have to. It was kind of bad advice we got, really, to be honest. Yeah, we, you, we should never have left the states. You basically. got married in New York, everything. yeah, and you had got a, married in New York. You had a life there. Yeah, we were living there twelve years, like, um, and then we moved to Colombia, and uh, just shit hit the fan. It was. And Sorry. he got and he got banned. Uh, he got banned. Yeah, ten years. So the ban is up in twenty twenty two. Can I talk to you a little bit about him coming across the Mexican border? Because we hear so much of that with with Trump and building the wall and everything. What was what was that like? Did he have to, did it was it a coyote trip? Did he pay somebody to get him over? Yeah, or? he like so from Colombia to Mexico. They didn't they don't need a visa, so he was able to get to Mexico no problem. And he paid a coyote in Mexico to get him over the border. But back then, how much? How much? I know I'm I know I'm being I know I'm being nosy, but how much? About five grand, but now they're now they're charging twenty to thirty. And what do they do then? They know a safe place to cross so, the yeah, Rio Grande, so is have, it? 
five. He paid five grand back then. That was nearly twenty years ago now. Um, My God! But now they're charging twenty thirty. They're charging fifty to get married for the green card now. <laughs> they're charging fifty grand. Fifty to- grand. Yeah, I only got offered myself, so I know. What? How does? That, I'm, I'm intrigued. How does that work? Would you say to get married? In what way? Okay, so you get married to an American citizen. Now, if you've entered legally, like anyone coming from European country, we'll all enter legally with a three-month um, visa as well. So it's a 90-day waiver. So if you get in married within that time or even like seven months after that, um, it's a very straightforward process. Very straightforward. Like, um, I've had a friend that was like, um, she didn't have a straightforward process. She married someone in the Marines and they were grilled. They were taken into two different rooms, asked a hundred questions, the same questions, all about themselves and, and things like that. But hold on a second. You're saying that if, if say, me, for example, although I, I am married, so maybe somebody who isn't, right, goes to America... Yeah. Um, um, somebody will hook you up with an American girl. You uh-huh. give you give them fifty grand, and they marry you. Yeah, is that happening? Oh yeah, <laughs> I know of at least five cases. And uh, probably an agent takes a slice of the fifty grand. Is it? No, there's no agent involved. You're you're. That's an agreement between you and whoever you're marrying. Okay, hold, hold that thought because I don't want to cut the conversation short and I would be otherwise. I'll pick it up after 11 on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Let's go. Emro Award winning Music Station of the Year, Cork's Red FM. Okay, what line number? That's all I need to know and I'm off and running again. Marie, sorry, I know I will come back to your situation in Colombia, right? But yeah. so, so then you marry um, the American you give the American yeah. 50 grand and... Do you have to stay married or can you then get quickly divorced yeah. or live apart? How does that part work? So usually like to stay kind of out of the out of the fire, I suppose, you should stay married for at least five years because then you can apply for your citizenship. Well, you don't have to be together. You just go on your own merry way. No, you don't have to. But I mean, it, like, yeah, you, don't, you definitely don't have to. But it is easier if you are, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And t- or even living within close proximity, like, you know. But it is a financial arrangement. Oh, 100%. Not that anybody it's would be... It's a bit. It's a business arrangement, yeah. Yeah. M- mind you, these days, one would suggest that very few people will want to do that anymore because the America of those days is well gone now. And I think we kind of look... We kind of look, uh, look no. at, with pity now on what America's turned into, don't we? No, like, to me, it's it's getting more and more. Like, that's why they're asking, because it's, it's, the people are getting more and more desperate. Because you have to remember, when Trump came in, like, a lot of people were scared that there, there's still a lot, a lot of illegal people living there. Mm, mm, so, mm. It, like, that's why the price went up. You know, it used to be 10 grand. It was 10 grand to get married for your papers. That was it. You know, but, but 20 years ago, your ex spent five grand uh, to get across to the Mexican border. Mexico. Was that was across that a river or was it a hole in a fence or what was it? it the, the fence in the river, yeah, and then like through the desert. It was four times he tried to get across and he was sent back, slapped on the wrist and sent back. But now it's different. They process you. So they actually bring you in, fingerprint, take names, the whole lot. So, like, but the five grand then, that he gave, that was successful. But if it hadn't been, he wouldn't have got his five grand back, right? Oh, never. Whether it's successful or not. <laughs> wow. Shows how desperate people are. Why did he want to get into America? Better life? Um, a better life. Yeah, a better life. He came from nothing like in Colombia. Absolutely nothing. 
So what are you what are you going to do? Are you resigned to the fact that he's not going to see his kids this Christmas or what? No, 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 no. I'm keeping faith. I'm keeping hope. Like I, I keep emailing um, one of the girls that works for the visa office in Colombia. And so, so this will happen when he sent in the paperwork to Mexico, and then they closed everything down in March. They in Colombia. Then I was like, well, why, why bother asking for everything? Like if they're not going to process the visas, I know that, but they'll reopen the office. They'll reopen it. So March, February, or. April, May, June, and nothing's happening. Not so a, then yeah. Natalia said, "Okay, send the paperwork to Bogota, and we'll get the the paperwork from Mexico faxed over." So we said, "Grand." So restarted the visa again because you have to. It, it only lasts for thirty days online. You have to refill it up again, again. So sent it to Bogota, and then um, they emailed last month saying, "Well, the visa office is still not open." So I said, "But why through all that?" Again, you know, it takes a lot of like effort to get all this paperwork, especially during a lockdown and everything. You I know? know, I know. Does Simon Coveney's office make any difference? I sent the email and uh, the secretary now, in fairness, she got back straight away to me and she said that they were just going to look into it. Uh, basically, like, he, apparently he doesn't fall under an emergency visa. But, I like, what's more of an emergency of not seeing your kids for 15 months? I mean, they've had a rough year, like trying to explain to them that we can't go. My son is crying himself to sleep every night. Ah, sure, look, everyone's story is personal to them and this is personal to your kids and to your ex and to you. For me, it's okay. For him, it's okay. We can get over it. We're adults. But kids don't understand this. I know. I know. Well, listen, you know? Um, there's no harm in us banging off a few lines in an email to Simon Coveney's office to see if it can help. This, I mean, if, if, it, if it could make a difference, it would be a terrific thing to help Please. one person. Yeah, I mean, there's no Please. harm in that, you know. It's been a pleasure talking to you, though. We covered a lot of interesting ground. Let's, let's do that and see what happens, shall we? Perfect. Thanks very All much. All right. Stay in touch, Maria. We'll be Thanks back so to you much. as well. Take care. Will do. Thanks. All right. Cheers. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. On masses, what harm is mass with a few older people when people can take get their takeaway drink from bars and stay around outside the pubs and drink it blatantly? Yeah, you're right there. Actually, there was a pub raided in West Cork at the start of the month during level five uh, COVID restrictions, they had been in this particular pub in West Cork serving alcohol to customers and the Gardaí called to the premises and they were raided. Uh, The owners since that raid, I'm told, are now being COVID compliant and they're no longer serving alcohol to customers as they were. Um, So what if they're saying mass? There's hardly anyone going. By ratting them out, you're stopping these elders going to mass. It's probably the only thing that keeps them going. This whole lockdown is to protect them. Uh, This whole lockdown is to protect them. Hardly worth complaining about eight people going to mass, though, in my opinion. Uh, The priest should lead by example, Neil, and close his church like all the other churches. The Pope said they can get their indulgences by praying at home. Many are saying, though, that doing it at home is just not the same. First world problem. Let the elders go to Mass if they wish. You made me laugh earlier saying the numbers are coming down in Cork. When were they high? Don't be such a lamb, Neil. People are next near on top of each other uh, more than ever now. And yet the numbers continue to drop. Complete rubbish. Um, There's many more like that and we'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning. Um, Everybody referring to the priest as uh, breaking the rules. Um, and others suggesting they should just get their mass on radio or television or pray at home. It's all about 
interest in safety and Father Ted is breaking the rules. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, um, this is a very fragile um, conversation with uh, with Mark. Mark, good morning. Uh, good morning, mate. So, with the various conversations we've been having this morning of people coming to the aid of individuals who are struggling with their mental health and, you know, right, issues yeah. involving the river, it uh, it, prompt, it prompted your, your text and your call. What, your son is missing. Yeah, my son... Uh, he went. He he went missing last night. Uh, uh, he um, he sent his best friend uh, suicide note. Said he was throwing himself into the river. He sent a text to his pal. Yeah, his best friend. Yeah, and uh, my daughter was listening to your uh, your podcast this morning, and she heard people talking about. Um, uh, helping trying to stop a fellow swam into the river, but it wasn't last night. It was Saturday night. I found out. Yes, it was Saturday night. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, uh, we're thinking you know, that it might have been him. Yeah. I did. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, so I, I tried make the call. I rang the uh, all the guards in the hospitals. Um, I see what his phone is unanswered. No one seems to know where he is. He sent a text to his friend saying that he couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, Where, yeah. Was yeah. He, was, he, was, he, he was in this relationship with, with a girl, um, and uh, they, they had a breakup. They broke up, and he was really, really down. Uh, I, I had spoken to him for the last two weeks about it, you know, because he was really down and he was depressed, and you know, he was getting hassled at work and stuff like that, you know, but he. I never thought in a million years. That, I, know, uh, I, know, I know. That because uh, he's the most nicest young player. He's got manners. He's he, he's just. Uh, I know. He, he's just a decent young man. Who's I know. Never been in trouble. Never brought in trouble. But you see, he's door. he's totally consumed by the breakup, the misfortune. That's all, well, he, can, that's is, all he can think about is, at the moment. It is, but. Like I've been, I've been searching the, the river last night, driving around, and uh, you know he's never done it like this, and none of his friends have heard of him, and he's he's not up where he's, he's he's living in Grand. He moved in there, uh, walked past there twenty four months ago, and uh, I just. I know. And when he sent the text to his pal, did his pal text him back or try and get him on the phone or anything like that? He did. He tried to ring it back, but he wouldn't. It wouldn't answer. He then texted my daughter. And my daughter rang him. My daughter rang me then, and uh, I I've been I've been up and down the. That must be awfully sad for I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you in the dark of night walking up and down the lee. Oh my god. Well, you know, he's really he's, he's the most decent young that you'll ever come across. He's so mannerly. He's never he's he walks hard and he's never done anything like this before. He's can't even hint at it. I mean, it's, uh, you know. 
And, uh, yeah, and I let, just, I just I rang the guards and all. I was just going to have you. Have the, are the guards yeah. and the emergency services and those that that often see the ribs on the River Lee are they all aware? Well, I don't know. I just I was talking to a guard and uh, he said to, to to bring him back and update him because he he there uh, nothing on file. Um, but I haven't wrong anyone else. I just rang the hospitals and. And has everybody that knows him been contacted to see if he could be with a friend or dossing down well, somewhere? Well, you see, no, he's, uh, everyone, everyone, uh, everyone who knows him can't get hold. He, he, his phone is continuously ringing. Um, I've been up with the house where he's staying and he never came home, you know? Okay. Okay. And now, uh, now bear, bear in mind that this was only last night. Okay, so it's yeah. very early, yeah. early days. You know, yeah. um, and he 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 could be just struggling somewhere, uh, and well, will and will come home wet and and cold and hungry. Well, well, that's it. You know, I just I just want to I just want to fight him. You know, I just want to I just want to uh, I can't. I, I, uh, you know, he's so innocent. No. I know the br- the breakup is having a profound effect on him. It really is. Yeah, you know? It is. It is. Oh my and god! I, I, and and I, I spoke to him for two weeks as a as a father, the son, but as his friend, you know, trying to tell him that he'll get over it, you know, and take his time, and, you know, and, and he seemed to be, you know, getting coming along fine, you know, but um. But he, he he told me that he was feeling better. And I know, but you know, I'd say he's a sensitive soul. I'd say he's a sensitive soul, you know. Well, he is. He is. He is. Um, oh my! Oh, listen, my heart now is in my throat. And, <laughs> and uh, I can I tell I I tell him contact his mother and then like thank you all of them. She she moved in there about about eight years ago. Probably. But we don't keep in contact. I know, I know, I know. But the um, phone, but the the phone is is ringing, is it? It's ringing out, yeah. So, is there any way you could try and track the phone? iPhones have well, the I, have a feature well, in it. Well, Android I, are the same. Well, I have no idea. But what I was doing last night, I was constantly ringing his phone as I was walking up and down the keys. You know, see if I could see it on the side of the road or something like that. You know, because the keeps ringing out, but I wouldn't know anything about the. Uh, Technology craft, but you know. But the guards would. Well, you know, um, I um, I was talking. To, I rang the guards, and they had the guards know. But they, they said, you know, to hear of anything, that they'll get back to me. You know, when my daughter said that to someone on the radio this morning, talking about some lady, they go in. That's why you know, I said, I give it a ring. You know, I think I think it would so, be I think it would be a good thing to do. Um, because you have only limited options at this point in time, really. It's a big city, right. Right. you know. Would be to try and ping his phone, um, and in a moment I will put you back on on hold, and 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 right. Seamus will I deal with no, that. I have no idea how to do it. Well, it's it's like a phone tracker. You can literally find the address where the phone is. Yeah, my daughter and Lisa Marie would would probably know how to do it. I never tried it that, but I'll I'll definitely get get on get on to do that. And do you want to give a description of Jason? 
Yeah, Jason, he's 27 years of age, but he only looks, he's very young looking, he looks about 20. Uh, he's about 5 foot 8, slim build. Um, I don't know what he was wearing there. Of course you don't, yeah. Up, but yeah. I was there. Like, uh, he's dark haired, red haired, blonde haired? Uh, he's dark haired. He's there, like that. Of course, you wouldn't know what he's wearing. Sure, he's not living with but, you. But, but he, he's everyone says about him all his life. He, he, he looks very innocent. Uh, I mean, if, if someone would see him, if he just looks like, like when he was eighteen, you know, he he get picked up on all the time in town by posies trying to take his phone and stuff like that. You know, he's like. Well, I have to tell you, Mark, you have reared a beautiful son. Uh, that's for sure. You really and truly have. Thank you very much. Now, we're going to pass on your details as well to Cork missing persons who will help Mark Mallow search and rescue yeah. if the needs be. But I hope that that won't be needed, that, that this is only, he's just put things on temporary hold overnight and that he will come home. Yeah. And he'll be cold yeah. and wet and hungry, as to say. If he were listening right now, Mark, what would you say to him? Well, I said yes, and I love you from the bottom of my heart. And please, please, please do the right thing and make contact with me. Because I. I love you very much. I know. And your heart is breaking. Okay. Yeah, you're in the you're in the middle of a nightmare right now, Mark, but here's hoping here's hoping that the might yes. night, nightmare will end. Um and that you'll be re- reunited with your beautiful son. Thank you. Hold on a second there, because Chris is behind, is uh, involved in Cork Missing Persons, and uh, I just wanted to jump in on the conversation here, because, um, Chris, thanks a lot. I, f- I feel rather helpless in this, really, Chris, so can you help? Yes, we can, Neil. If you'll if, if you pass on our details there and get through me directly, we'll help him as much as what we can. Do you know of scenarios where somebody goes temporarily AWOL for a short period of time and then makes contact again? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's important to that's important is, yeah. to reiterate that. It is absolutely yeah. We 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 we've had cases like that before, but we help out as much as what we possibly can. Okay, because that, no that any little bit of help and yours will be far more than a little bit of help yes. is very much appreciated. You know, Christy. Yeah, well, all our volunteers are on standby all the time, so there'll be no issue whatsoever. Okay, so Mark, there's another little bit of good yes. news there. There's a lot of people in your Great corner, stuff. all right? Okay. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Okay. I really appreciate it. Okay. I really do. I know, I know. Have you anybody um, with you? At the, have you anyone with you at this difficult time? Yeah, uh, I have... Uh, I have my young daughter, I wish she'd gone to school. So, okay. um, okay. I think she went off to school there, you know. But, uh, my other, I have an older daughter there. Um, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, uh, 
Christy, can you guys help with phone tracking and things like that? No, but we can we can liaise with the on Garda Corner there, and um, what you call it. We, could, we, we sort that out. We, we can liaise. Could you get the ball rolling media. on uh, tracking and also checking his social media, his Facebook, his Twitter, his Snapchat? All that's very important. There's a snap map as well to see you, you can identify locations. Yeah. You know. But he hasn't yeah. used he hasn't used his Snapchat or, or Facebook or that and just since, since, uh, since No, but you can use them for location searching, you know. Okay. Um and okay. I think that, that could be something we could be doing now, you know what I mean? Okay, Christy, can you can you make that happen maybe or do I need to do something? No, what you do is if you get mastering me okay. up there, Neil, I'll go through the whole lot with him. There's I'm no going to do. I'm going to do that now. I'm not going to waste any more time now. I'm going to use the time wisely. I'm going to put both of you back on hold. And Mark, I'm going to get Christy to call you. Okay. Great. So, so thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. All right, we'll thank stay you. in touch with you. Okay. Okay, thanks very much. Do that straight away, guys, if you don't mind, Christy and Mark, and uh, and uh, let's get the ball rolling on this one. Jason is 27 years of age, although he looks a lot younger. He looks uh, around about 20. He's five foot eight in height. He's of slim build, dark haired. Um, clearly, Mark won't know what his son was wearing because, um, you know, Mark, Mark is in his own home and, and, and Jason has struck out and lives with a friend of his, so he doesn't know what he was wearing last day. He saw him or, or last night. Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel absolutely helpless, stuck here behind a microphone, and is limited when, in, in regards to what I can do. Uh, but God, God knows, we would hope that this gets resolved because he sounds like a sensitive soul, and um, you know, a breakup like that. Oh, for God's sake! I mean, we've all been through broken hearts, haven't we? We really and truly have. And at the time, it's devastating. Um, and I always say the time heals, and it does in those regards. And even for awful traumatic breakups earlier in your life you probably look back at them now with kind of fond memories but going through it at the time is just hell um, and and hopefully Jason has strength uh, to get through this we'll stay in touch on this one it's just dreadful back after the break the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850 text 0868104106 if you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this morning's program or any of the conversations that I've had there is help you can contact Pieta House on 1-800-247-247 the Samaritans on 116123 and aware on one eight hundred eighty forty eight forty eight. Can I just say, if you're not in a position to take down any of those phone numbers, I'll ask the lads to share them on our Twitter page now, um, and you can find them there. Uh, Pieta House, the Samaritans, and Aware. Morning, Neil. I'm texting with tears in my eyes and a heavy heart, listening to Mark about his missing son. If Mark wants people to help with the search, please pass on my number, says Debbie. Uh, I Neil, my heart is broken listening to that man. I Neil, get that phone tracked before that phone battery dies. Surely some app on Google, you can pay and ping the mobile. Get the guards to ping it. Stop calling the phone and wasting the battery. We need to use track and trace, says R. I agree with you 100%. There's tech there that can help. It can make all of the difference. Morning, Neil. I can feel the man's pain through the radio. Please God, his son is well and calls home soon. He is so loved. I'm praying for them. This poor man um, and the guards telling him we'll get back to you. God Almighty. Um, Neil, team, ask a friend to check, check Snapchat location through their own Snapchat for that poor boy. It's very important. Yes, I've said it a number of times. Use the tech to find where the phone is. I'm doing nothing today if that man needs any help looking for him. So thank you for all of those texts. I think anybody who is a parent, me included, who absolutely adores his son, uh, and uh, indeed my daughter um, feels that pain and I think the pain that we feel is only 
infantile by comparison to uh, the pain that Mark is feeling at the moment. Um, it's an, and I think he's reared the most beautiful, beautiful son, Jason. He's a wonderful young man. And, um, you know, obviously, um, Jason is very in touch with his emotions. And sometimes that can raise its own challenges. Uh, but enough of me for now. Lisa, good morning. Morning, Neil. So we never, man. we never know. Should we don't know the struggles that people have. No, know. we don't. And just say to Mark that my heart goes out to him. It really does. And please, God, everything will come right and he'll be found. Maybe he's just taking some time to himself. And that's exactly what I would like to accentuate. That yeah, this, absolutely. That this is just a temporary hiccup. Um, but but it, it did that, strike a chord, didn't it? It did. Unfortunately, um, 12 months ago today, um, a dear, long-term, long-time friend of mine took his own life. Um, he was a very successful 48-year-old man, um, had a found fabulous career with Carnival Cruise Liners where he had a massive production company for years. He was a magician and he was a dancer and he had kids and a good relationship with his previous wife and a new wife um, and all was going well, um, but his wife, his new wife is Australian and um, decided she wanted to get back onto dry land and give things a go off the ships. You know, he'd spent 20 odd years on the Carnival Cruise Liners, so it was his life. Yeah. Um, you moved, describe it as his dream job, being paid was, to do something you love. Yeah. Absolutely. He was living the dream, literally. He absolutely adored it. And I went over to the States and stayed with him while he was doing the job. He was a very happy, bubbly personality. He was an entertainer. Um, and uh, when he moved to Australia with his new wife, he just couldn't find his place. His, his career was gone, which, as you just said, was his dream. It was his world. And he seemed to, he seemed to be fine in himself. He kept trying different things, but nothing quite sat right with him. But he didn't seem down. He didn't seem depressed. And then his wife went home one, this day last year and found he'd taken his own life in the house. Nobody had a clue. Nobody. I, I, I was in Paul Street Shopping Centre when I got the call and I, I fell on the ground. It was that shocking. It was just like somebody hit me with the train. You just don't know what's going on in somebody's head. And this is my point, really. Um, I think, and particularly, I, I think I can say this safely without offending anybody, particularly of men, they find it harder to open up sometimes than women may. And talking about what's going on inside, talking about what's going on in your head, if maybe he had done that, instead of obviously bottling up whatever was going on, whatever turmoil was going on within him, maybe we'd still have him today, but now his kids have lost him. His wife is, wife is still completely lost because she doesn't know what happened. And unfortunately, the real crux of this tragedy was that when his mother was traveling to Australia to the funeral, and her husband and other son begged her not to go because her health wasn't great anyway, she had a heart attack on the journey and didn't make it. His mother had a heart attack yeah. and died on the yeah. way to the and funeral? She was heartbroken. He was her. He was her shining light, and she was absolutely devastated, and she didn't make it either. So two lives were lost because he didn't talk to somebody. No, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that he'd still be here today if he did, but he may have been. You know? No, you see, no, I know, and it's very easy for us to say to talk to somebody, but if they could, they would, you know, don't you think? Well... I don't know. I don't know. I have never been 
in that place. So I can't judge, and I'm not judging. I'm just pleading with anybody out there who thinks they might be in that place, just try to talk to somebody, somebody you trust or somebody you feel is impartial, because... I mean, I'm no, I'm no medic. I'm no. Um, they say that about or. men, all right, yeah, that men bottle things up. That women are much better communicators and much more um, find it much easier to discuss their emotions. I, th- I, I do believe that, and I think also within at the moment, because so many people are on their own, and I'm finding that even myself. I have a daughter who, who is small, so she lives with me, but it's just the two of us. Um, and my parents live in a different place mm. so mm. it's very lonely for people right now and it's very hard for people to connect right now mm. so even though you may not be able to see somebody face to face and sit down and have but a chat there's Zoom there's FaceTime there's phone calls there's even sending an email if it's, or a text just reach out please because the, the, the devastation that's left behind is just and were you in touch unbearable. with him over, over the time leading up to his oh, death? Only three days before I got the call to say he'd taken his life, we were messaging on Facebook and he said, I love you. And, you know, we've been friends. We went to school together. We've been friends since we're eight. And I'm nearly 50. So um, it was a long time. And yes, I'd been over. I'd been over to the States to him. I'd never gone to see him on Carnival, which I'm really sad about now. I kept saying, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. And then, of course, the job was gone. And um, sounds if his, it sounds as if his career defined him, you see. His career did define him, yeah, absolutely. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. He was very talented and a beautiful human being. And, and his, now the world has lost him. And his first anniversary of his passing is today? Today, yeah. yeah. His fortune. It is today, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm actually I'm painting because I didn't know what to do with myself. So I'm painting him a, a scene of the beach in Yule because I just needed something positive to do with my my angst today and my upset. Well, let that be a tribute to him then. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. okay, it's very sad. Thanks Lisa, for thanks for taking up the phone. Take care. Prayers to, prayers to Mark for his son. Absolutely. Everyone lighting candles and saying prayers. Thank you, Lisa. Um, it's very sad. It really and truly is. And, um, you know, we hope that the rest of the day, I've only got another 19 minutes on the air here, but we hope that the rest of the day brings good news for Mark and the reunification with him and his beautiful son, Jason. Um, and we'll also talk with the Anglesey Street Garda Station and see if we can, uh, you know, um, oh, well, I won't say any more than that. We'll just be in touch with the Anglesey Street Garda Station, see what happens there. Uh, and uh, if there are people who do want to get involved in the search, um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a help. Um, I'm hoping it's not needed and that uh, uh, Jason will get in touch, but we'll pass on all of the details and the phone numbers of those of you guys who are in touch with me and it could make all the difference. Okay, back after the break. We've got other business before we finish. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. It's incredible the way some of the stories we deal with on air have a way of locking together and intertwining. Um, and I'm now being told that Father Ted in Glownton Church is going to say Mass for the intentions um, that uh, Jason will be found and reunited with his dad, Mark. It will be a private Mass that Father Ted Sheehan will be saying this morning. Um, isn't that amazing? You know, isn't that the upside to things, really, when you think of it? And I guess, you know, it also reminds us the importance of our mental health as much as our physical health. And one of the reasons why I started this walk your way out of lockdown is to get people out walking. God knows you're, you're a bright old trooper if you're out there walking in the rain now. It'll be better this afternoon for your 
for a bit of a scove or a walk, but we do have 100 euro Tesco gift cards to give away this week and next week every day. Uh, walk your way out of lockdown with Tesco. They reopen Douglas Village Shopping Centre tomorrow. Tesco opens at 8 and throughout the course of the morning then all of the other shops that can open will open and I spoke to Bartos earlier on this morning. But we do have a thousand euro worth of gift cards to be spent in Tesco at 100 euro each. Linda O'Brien and Sarah Russell and baby Ruby uh, walked eight kilometers yesterday. Amongst that, within that walk, which is five and a half miles, was up Patrick's Hill with a buggy. And they sent me a lovely photograph of the two of them on Patrick's Hill, smiley faces. I don't know which one it is, but a uh, nice one there with the red uh, New York hat. Uh, Claire Devan and Cove walked with the dogs Bella and Binky, did five, eight and a half thousand. And Barry walked on her 68th birthday yesterday, did 14 and a half thousand steps in and around nearly seven miles. Anne-Marie Quirk and Castle Lions did 31,600 and odd. Michelle and Glenville did 22 and a half thousand. Emma walked all day. You must have been walking very slow if the whole day you walked 11,000, but you probably walked huge steps and very slowly well done all the same actually you know your track record across the day started at six in the morning to maybe uh, eight o'clock at night so i think a lot of that would have been work walking well done i pulled a muscle in each foot last tuesday so i've been resting up i tried walking on my wednesday and made it worse but i still want to do my best and enter well done you did 4.7 ash fair play to you uh, another one here then from grant uh, in the lock who did a good old walk yesterday five and a half kilometers fair play to you uh, these are my grandmother's steps from this week she's 75 after a long illness she's back walking again her name is Marie Kidney and she walked 40,000 steps uh, hang on a second um, that's for the week I think but having said yeah you're right. you've got the week highlighted here but still in all somebody that's back after illness at the age of 75 doing an average of 6,000 a day well done Ursula O'Connell and Wilton did 11,000. Had a great week. Well done, Ursula. I've seen your daily count. It's terrific. Eleanor Hurley then, uh, listening overseas in the UK, uh, had a good old walk yesterday. 5,800. 5, Kieran Finn, 13,500. Alan and Laura had a nearly a 7K walk yesterday. Took them from, oh, what a lovely walk, from the city all the way out at the Lee Fields. Uh, and back in again. Lovely walk. Well done to you. Louise Casey did a loop in Castle Martyr. Fair play. Uh, did uh, just over four miles. Hi Neil, here are my steps from yesterday. A four mile walk during the day with my dog Max at the lovely Mitchell's Wood in Castle Martyr. And a fine fast ass shaker later in the evening to Mogili and back. <laughs> You guys are very funny. Well done on that walk of over 16,000 steps. Sarah in Toker uh, also did uh, 10,500. Oh, there are reams of these. I, my apologies. I'm not going to get them all read out on the air. I wish I could. Uh, a lot of people sending stuff from their mobile phone. 5.6. There's a distance here from Nick Conway. Catherine Hewitt did over 12,000. Julie did a grand old walk of nearly 11,000, uh, 6.5 miles. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that there now. Some of them actually, some of these... Um, uh, screen grabs include the amount of calories burned, which is great, and the average heart rate. Look at this one. Mandy, you got your heart rate up to 140 beats per minute. Well done. They say your heart will thank you for that. Um, I'll try in a couple of seconds to read out another one or two because there are so many of them. I want to do justice to everybody. And then we'll do the draw in about five minutes' time, lads. Thanks for that. Mick, good morning. I was just saying there earlier on this morning that I think it's the Echo said that if we weren't in COVID... The Cork and Kerry, the Cork victory over Kerry, there would have been some celebrations, wouldn't there? 
Ed Wood, yeah, Ed Wood. That's great to be Kerry, isn't it? I was actually down at the time to be him, and they went trying him off. He got the actual goal, and it was down oh, but, uh, uh, you know, but any match with extra time involved in a win is a terrific thing, isn't that it? That is unbelievable, yeah. yeah. And who's, yeah, but, who's airing them now? You have a crow to pluck, is it with Sky? I have, yeah, I have. It is, yeah, but Sky makes, like, but you have to have Sky coming into the house, you know? But no, that's not fair, you know, to our live supporters, and you're probably fellas older than myself, to like to watch the matches, you know. And like, you know, the county board didn't even open the mouth about it, you know, that's, that's another thing. So what does RTE have now, or Virgin, uh, with regards to hurling and football and things? RT2, I was looking at the other one, RT2, or Sean Limerick, or Sean Clear, the match was... And if you want to watch this cough match, you have to go into Sky Mix. Okay, so is it a case, forgive me for not knowing this, is it a case that you tender for matches and RTE buy some of them, Sky buy others and Virgin yeah, buy... Yeah, I see it. I think so, yeah. But like, they seem to be leaning more towards Sky lately, you know what I mean? In my book, like, and there is an actual gate channel as well, like. But they had some match last week, but apparently you can't get into the ones that are going so to So, in the heel of the hunt, are you a believer, or are other sports fans a believer, that all GA matches should be on RTE, is it? Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's they can't, they won't be able to compete yeah. with Sky. RTE are in the hole now this year for 36 million euro. I see that. Yeah, I would need left on if they went to cut the legs of top. Ah, like it's not anyone's plan. individual wage. Like, I mean, you yeah, take what you can get in the marketplace, you know? Yeah, but should, like half the stuff just enough to, you know, well, back tonight, when you see the den coming back on, things are night trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that's but a good one. But the, like, you know, the matches are crazy, you know what I mean? We flip and I love the matches. Like, I know, I like them, we can't go. Like, but it should be, like, our national game. I pitched in two weeks ago there about... I have no idea what they're spending money on that there'd be 36 yeah, million yeah. in the hole. If it was a private business, they'd be recklessly trading. Yeah, but like me before, there was, there was supposed to be a game up in um, Semper Stadium and they said it might be put on hold because they'd know a Hawkeye. That's the GAA though, isn't it? Yeah, but no need, but when I'm getting it, they were waiting for the company to come in to sort it out. I remember that vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an English company need. So we should be able to access our national sport free on RTE if you pay a license fee. That would be mine. If you pay a license, yeah, that's another side of it, I swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. But no, Neil, it's crazy, it's crazy. Like, we should be, you know what I mean? It's not fair to people, like, GA supporters. It's not, and, like, the more, fella said to me, why on the county board coming out and saying, but my opinion on that is because we're controlled from Dublin, like the rest of the country are controlled by Dublin. Yeah, but Dubliners would have much of a, a bee in their bonnet over it because they're big gas supporters as well. I know that, I know that, but I mean, we can't control them. Aren't you? No, I should the Oct- Oroctus are only interested. The Oroctus are only interested in playing golf. That's why we got golf. Oh, games. yeah, 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 and a bit of rugby. Yeah, but need. But when England go to Europe, Christ, we won't bet the tie our shoelaces. We'll have to ask them later. <laughs> Okay, I might pick up on this if other people have an opinion on it with regards to the availability of hurling and guy. All right, fair play to you, Mick. Cheers for that. Thanks a lot. Much obliged. Another few shout-outs. Mandy uh, had a big walk. She did nine kilometres. Took her an hour and a half. Well done. Um, Be a nice idea, if it's possible for you guys, to give us an idea as to where you're walking, you know, so we can get some tips from people who want to go for a bit of a walk. Like, for instance, Marta says, yesterday we walked in Ballygartine. I haven't a clue where it is, but it sounds beautiful. 
I walk with my two boys, one five and one three years old. Well done. You did seven and a half kilometers. Pat Field in Ballinora did the morning walk yesterday morning. You've had a great week of walking. I wonder what your average is. I'd say you're averaging in about four, maybe 5,000 steps a day, maybe four and a half kilometers. Margaret Noonan sent me a map stat, actually, of her, her entire walk in and around the Ballyhooley area. She did 16 and a half kilometers. Oh, my God. Took under just under three hours. Sharon Buckley did a big outdoor walk. Um, she burned 578 calories. Well done, kid. Uh, did a big walk uh, in the region of just under 10 kilometres. And just another few shout-outs here without any detail. Morning to Sarah O'Driscoll, to Lisa Crean and Mitchellstown, Paulo Sullivan Centre Stats, Catherine Fitzgerald did, Kenneth Walsh. Another another issue. Is that the first guy that I've actually called out on the air with regards to walk your way back, to walk your way out of COVID? Would it be fair to say that 99% of the screen grabs that are being sent are women. Nicola Ring in Blarney this morning did 11,500 yesterday. Orly O'Connor and Douglas. Helena sent her steps as well out in Shannon Vale. Jessica O'Connell did from Clonakilty. Helena Sullivan and Curraheen. Stacey Ishmael did. So did Una and Mernan. Julie Quigley. Caroline Mannix and Mary. So, up until half an hour ago, I've managed to read them all out. So, delighted to have done that. Right, lads, I'm going to give them back to you and you can pick a winner and let me know and we'll pick a winner today, Wednesday, for our 100 euro Tesco gift card. Um, all you need to do is get walking at the end of your walk, at the end of your day or whatever. Send me a screen grab of your achievement and send it by WhatsApp. Send it by WhatsApp. Send the photograph by WhatsApp to 0868 104 106 and we'll pick it up from there. Very, very uh, moving conversation uh, with Mark about his son, Jason, who's who's missing at the moment, but hopefully it's only since last night and he's just taken some time out. If there's any hope, let me share. My brother went missing last year in the city. It was the worst feeling of our lives uh, as he was very, very low. But he came back after three days, thank God. So there's always hope. He was staying in a hostel, so you just don't know. Check everywhere. There is loads of help. And thank you for that. We are getting as much help as we can for Mark. And I know he's checked with the guardie. And we'll be on to the guards on this. And I know that he's been checking the hospitals. But it would be a good idea. And thank you for it. Uh, to also check uh, the hostels and what have you. Morning, uh, Neil. Uh, well, can I just also say, if you have any um, issues regarding some of the... Very serious and sad issues we've spoken to this morning. We've put up the contact numbers on uh, our Twitter page for Pieta House for the Samaritans and Aware. And if I were to pick just one of them, if you can't access Twitter, but you do need to make a call and get some help uh, right now, um, let me just pick the first one on the screen here. Pieta House on one eight. Sorry, it's gone from the screen. One eight hundred two four seven. 247, okay? And hopefully I'll be back on the air in the morning with good news and the reunification of uh, father and son. So that would be nice. Um, oh my God. Incredible. Jason has been found. That's amazing. That is just absolutely amazing. I wonder how much information we can share with you between now and quitting time because I've only got about three minutes lo- left. But apparently, uh, Jason has been found. Um, and if it's possible to talk to Mark, I will before I get off the air. But let me just uh, let me just say just very quickly, I won't keep you long, Audrey, because I need to keep the lines free. Congratulations. What did you walk yesterday? Well, on Sunday, we got 17,000 steps. I went with my three children down towards the regional park in Ballincolly. You did 17,296. I did. I did, Neil. Yeah. On a daily goal of 12,000. 12, that's it. Yeah. So trying to keep that up now as much as we can at the moment. What, how long is this going on with you? How long have you been doing this? 
I got the Fitbit uh, I September, early September. So it's a good few weeks now trying to get used to the Fitbit and it's a great thing to have as well. Just keep track of everything. And do the kids, the kids mind being dragged along? Not at all. They're cycling beside me so they're delighted with life <laughs> and two wheels. Delighted. And are you in the Ballancolic Regional Park, is it? Yes. Well yeah, done. We're living down Ballancolic. Well done. Thanks I've got a 100 much. euro voucher for you for Tesco. It's a gift card. Stay on the line and uh, keep it up, Delighted. all right? It'll go a long way. Thanks, Neil. You better believe Appreciate it will. It. Take you. care of yourself. Cheers Thank for now. All right. All the best. Now, um, uh, let me just, this is great news. Christy from Cork Missing Persons is back. Christy, what can you tell us? Uh, Neil, I was just speaking to um, Jason's father there. He's been found and he's, he's alive and well. So thanks to everyone for looking and sharing. But uh, he, he's okay. I don't know the, the details of it. I, just speak, I was speaking to his dad there. So, so he must have just got in touch you. with dad in the last 10 or 15 minutes. That's all. That's all, Neil. That's all. Okay, we can't, sure we can't reach Mark. We, wave, so. yeah. What do you think it made a difference in coming on the air, perhaps? I, would, I absolutely think so, yeah. I think the, the people, a lot of people knowing about it, a lot of people are searching at the same time, so it makes people aware of it, you know. Somebody got in touch with Mark, perhaps. I can't reach Dad now, understandably, because he's preoccupied, so that's why it's important that you yeah. come back and tell us. You can tell me absolutely mo- no more than that, apart from the fact that Jason is safe. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. To the best of my knowledge, he's safe. That's what his dad told me, so I'm just going to pass it on, that's all. So I know he'd, he'll be up to... His dad will be really busy, so... Oh, absolutely. And I hope to maybe, if possible, to have a conversation with him tomorrow. But that's a great way to end the show this morning. And great listen, result. You, great yeah, result. And you guys were on standby. So again, um, thank you so, so much at such short notice to be able to kick into gear like that. Well, we're always on standby. We need 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Our volunteers are second to none. So All right. we're always okay. there for anyone that ever needs our help. Thank we're you so there. much. Thank you, Christy. Look after yourself. No Cheers. Wrong, I'm so delighted because a half an hour ago, I was having trouble breathing with my heart. It was top, bursting through my chest. Uh, as anybody as a dad would be the same. Anybody as a human being with a, even a scintilla of, uh, of emotion or compassion would be. So that's fantastic news. I'm not in a position to talk to Mark. Jason is alive. Jason is well. And I'm sure that his dad is beside himself with relief. That's the way we leave it, lads. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.